This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Aslam Lake, my friends. Welcome back to Victory Drive. All right, uh, this week we got in Landon Baker, in-studio guest of the week. Um, it, name might sound familiar because we had him on a ways back can't remember the episode name off the top of my head, but uh, dig back in the archives. His name's right there. Land Baker. He's a he's a competitive shooter, mostly PRS stuff, and just a great fucking dude. Knows a lot about guns and shooting, and so we just sit down and talk it out and have a good conversation. We cover like reloading, some um, some long range shooting stuff, um, all sorts of different things. So. Um, hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's always fun having in studio guests. Um, the over the phone ones are nice too, but it's just it's it's a lot better when they're in person. All right. Um, so I had a good time. I hope all you guys enjoy it as well. So uh, let's get into some of the partners that help this ship sail. Uh, Mountain Ops Code Victory twenty percent off. Um, Grizzly Coolers. Great hard side American made fucking coolers made right down the street in Decorah, Iowa. And great dudes, great products. Check them out. Grizzly coolers. Code WCB5. Code WCB4. 15% off. Motherfucker, I can't talk today. Today's just not my day. I don't know. I went out. We were doing some hunting. I got an early muzzleloader tag. Like you guys heard me talk about um, with my buddy, Matt Moon. Um, we've had a bit of a rough go at it with the early muzzleloader tag. It's just seeing some decent deer. I guess Matt's seeing some decent deer. I haven't seen a shooter buck yet. Um, I just don't think God wants me to shoot a buck this year. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just being a little pussy. Maybe that's a, also a factor. But nonetheless... This is the time of year that we all look forward to. So I'm hope I hope that all you guys are getting in, getting out in the woods and having a good time this season. Um, 
I'm going to keep going at it. You know, can't give up. Got to go all in and just give her the beans. So um, I know I just dropped that right in the middle of these uh, the partner reads and stuff. But I had to get that off my chest. I think it's the reason why I'm not speaking very eloquently today. Um, but yeah, so Mountain Ops, code victory, 20% off. Grizzly, code WCB for 15% off. And uh, yeah, so... Africa. Let me talk about that for a little bit. Cause we have six slots available for Victory Drive Week in Africa with Stuart Pringle. And let me tell you guys, this fucking trip is the trip of a lifetime. It's so much fun. Um, so if any of you guys want to go, our week is August 26th through September 3rd. Um, it's a great, like I said, great fucking time. It's a great time for the for the spouse as well, whether. You know, you have a wife or a husband, whatever. It, it's a great time. Everyone has fun. It's all inclusive. All you can drink, all you can eat. Great time and great, great, great hunting. So anyone that's interested in Africa, let me know. Like I said, six slots available, gun or bow. We're not discriminatory. Whatever you want to do. Um, there's obviously going to be an emphasis on guns and walking stock in the bush, chasing some giants out there in Africa. So you guys want to get out there, let me know and we can get you signed up. Um, Wyoming Bear Camp is also May 27th through the 31st. If you guys want to go to Wyoming and hunt some big old Bruins, let me know as well. Um, I, last time I checked, we still have a few slots available there. It's going to be me and Devin Leonard and... Uh, obviously Trey and his whole crew as well. So we're going to have a great time in Wyoming and Africa. So if you guys want to go on some trips this year or not this year, it's 2023 next year, 2024, it's going to be a record year. It's going to be awesome. So, um, do do, oh, do, 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 um, I think that's about it. I'm going to go ahead and get off here. I fucking suck this suck a little bit today and I can't really speak. So, I won't torture you guys anymore with me stumbling and looking for words. So please put your hands together for Landon Baker. Welcome back. Yay. All right. And peace. So, um, Landon Baker back on. Yep. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming in. This is going to be a good time. So we're just chit chatting a little bit about, um, reloading and stuff a little bit. Cause I don't, I don't reload, but it's something I'm interested in, but I've never actually done it. Um, so who we're talking about before? We're getting into brass. conversation. I just want to hit record quick and then now we lost it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah brass. So, um, so you just kind of walk us through that, like, because there is different quality of brass that you, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know shit. There is different quality. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Difference in quality, right? When it comes to brass. Yep. So like, what? What does that? Like, what does that have to do with anything? I guess. A lot of it's the thickness of the brass itself, the consistency of it. You know, it'll grow at different rates. It can be harder to reload if it's brass that stretches super easy. If it's cheaper, I know okay. some guys that weigh it out and they they group all their brass and they load that way. Personally, I'm not that anal. Probably never will be. <laughs> I haven't seen the benefit of it yet, but. Yeah, I do have some really expensive brass like ADG. I think it's some of the best on the market right now, and it's fabulous. But then I shoot a lot of Hornady as well. Mm-hmm. You just don't expect the world out of it. So ADG is that like a company that just makes brass? Yeah. Or do they? Okay. Yep, they specialize in brass. Okay. And they make fantastic brass. Do factory ammo ammunition manufacturers use like ADG brass and stuff, or um, is it just not kinda, factory just... yet? But there is a lot of custom rifle companies that are building. Uh, they, that we'll load for you, and they use ADG now. So mm. I guess it is like a, a factory. Like, say you, if you bought a Gunworks rifle, and if they build loads for you, it most likely is ADG brass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Because uh, whenever I, I've never bought a custom rifle, but I've looked into it, and, seen, and <clears throat> they always uh, put on their, you know, we'll develop your load data, load data for you and give you all that information and, like, load like a certain amount of boxes of, bra- of ammo for you as well. Yeah. And send it with the gun. Everything yep. else is like a little package or whatnot. So yeah, you might get one box free. You mean, if you want yeah. a thousand rounds, they'll load you a thousand. Right. Yeah. yeah. You'll pay for it. But. Yeah. Sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty cool. I, cause you said Gunworks for sure does that. I know they make, yeah. Okay. Custom ammo. And then, um, I think I remember hearing like a podcast cause they have their, own podcast too. Yep. Um, I think I remember hearing them talk about that on, on there that they were making custom, they make like, yeah, they're making custom ammo and stuff. Pretty much anybody that makes a custom rifle will build you custom ammo. It's yeah. just kind of became a thing now. Well, I mean, cause I guess when they're, when they're shooting all their the guns, they're building, they're probably reloading their own ammo for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they'll, they'll build a load, find one that works and then make however many rounds you want out of it. Mm hmm. Is that how Hornady got started? I can't remember. I don't know either. Yeah. I feel like they would have. I mean, that sounds like something. like Because, I mean, how long has Hornady been around? They haven't been around that long, like in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Right. Maybe 80s, 90s? Cause I think, yeah, because I think the original owner, isn't he still alive and still working at the company? I think so. I think so, too. Yep. Gosh, I'm, I don't, I'm not looking any of this up, so I don't know for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> somebody's going to be fact-checking. Yeah, right. I feel like he, I, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. So they can't be that old. No, I don't it's not think like so. Remington, you know, obviously. Yep. He ain't, he ain't alive anymore. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I don't think Hornady makes any factory production rifles either that I know of. Hornady? No. I don't think so. No. Um, Who do they work with? the most though because every like they all work kind of together but who does hornady work with the most like what weapons uh, like Price, when they because when savage they came, maybe or well when they came out with the prc line of ammo i wonder who wonder what gun manufacturer got them first because there's always there's always like one or two companies that they send them out yeah. to first yeah you know? they're the first so, ones with the production that caliber yeah gosh dang who the fuck was it I'm not sure. I know it's not Remington. Yeah, I know Savage was pretty early to the game. They're pretty they were, early. They were one. But I thought there was a couple that were like super early into it, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. 
You still shooting Bergara? On your, for your competitions and stuff? Um, I have the Bergara. Haven't rebarreled it yet, but now I'm just shooting a, uh, <clears throat> sorry. No, you're good. Uh, it's, it's all custom now. It's a defiant, oh, defiance action. Oh, that's right. I think we talked, we talked about that last time you were in. Yep. Yep. I oh, mean, that fucker's sick. It is sick, but I'd have no problem shooting Bergara again. It, it, yeah. It did great for me. Yep. Yeah, that's right. We did. We, yeah, we, I think we went over that whole build, uh, uh last time you were in here. Yep. Who built, who built that for you again? Bryce Lumley. Bryce Lumley. Yep. And he's right here in town, isn't he? Yep. He's here in Osage. Yeah. Owns BAL custom rifles. Yeah. I think I was actually over there working, um, and I just like we just like stumbled upon his house. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what's that? Oh, custom rifles. I'm like, oh shit! I think that's uh, because it was like, yeah, is on his garage. Yeah. Said that. And I'm like, oh shit! I think that's fucking Layman's dude. Yep, that's where so, he's at. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> I still need to go meet him. We need to have him out on the show. Yeah, we do. We do need to do that. I think he'd enjoy pretty it. Cool. Think so? Yeah. Okay. I was like, we'll have to reach out to him, have him on, talk about all that stuff. I also want to talk to him about rebarreling my thirty out six. Does he do stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? He'll, I figured he would. Yep, he'll do anything. Yeah. Well, if he's if you if you trust him, then I guess I can trust him. Yeah, for I, I a, trust him. For a pretty simple rebarrel <laughs> job, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Like, I, I've never done it, but from what I hear, it's not too hard. No, I don't think it's too hard. And he, he really takes the time. He's very detail-oriented. Like, half the stuff mm-hmm. he builds me is probably way too nice for me. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just a fucking... I'm just... It's definitely going to be... I... I'm not really like a f- super fancy guy. I'm definitely a more of a budget guy when it comes to certain things. Yeah. But yeah, whenever I get like, whenever someone has like a really nice rifle, like custom rifle and shit, and they're like, hey, hey want to wanna look at it? And I grab it. And it almost feels like I'm holding on to like a newborn baby. Like I'm oh, just like, man. I'm like, oh, oh, oh gosh. Like I'm like a, a Ruger American guy, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I shoot, re- I shoot. I shoot like cheap guns really well, so yeah, a lot like, of people do because they don't have that nervous yeah. thought that I can't drop this or tip it over in the dirt. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of nerve wracking. So I just never. I've never done. It. I've never bought like expensive watches because I'm like, I'm gonna forget it. Mm. I'm gonna lose it, or I'm gonna break it. Something like that. I definitely so, would. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm not gonna lose my rifle, but it's, uh, yeah, hopefully not. I could very well break it though. I remember the first time I got the Athlon Cronus. It's right around $2,000 scope. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, this thing's the best scope ever. And it's been great for me, but I was doing a PRS match and we were shooting off like a panel gate and the, the I'd say the gate rungs got narrower and narrower as you went down. Well, in rushing in time, you'd stick your rifle and shoot, move down the next one and mm-hmm. down to the bottom, they got narrower and I just didn't pay attention to it. And I remember just throwing the gun in there and just absolutely slamming the scope into the top rung. Just oh. made me cringe. Bent the shit out of the bell. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Didn't didn't wreck the scope at all. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I found fix it, or did you just run it? Well, yeah, I, I told him I was like, "Hey, can you fix this? Because I want to run the sunshade. Otherwise, I probably just left oh, it because sure. it didn't break the seal on it." So, and I said, it in, and they're like, "Well, yeah, luckily it was just the front piece actually in threaded where the sunshade went on." Oh, so, easy peasy then. Super easy. Yeah, they didn't have to repurge it or anything. So well, that's good. Yeah, and I'm like, "What did you do? Drop this?" And I told him, and the guy <laughs> laughed. He's like, "Ah, no big deal. Fair man. enough." Yeah. Is their warranty pretty decent? Or do you, from, Yeah, from what it? I've told. Yep, I've okay. sent in a couple of scopes, and they've never questioned it. Um, I know the only thing that does kill a warranty is, like, if you Cerakote, they don't want their stuff being baked for the seal. Well, that makes sense. Yep. If it's, like, complete negligence or like, yeah. disregard, then, mm-hmm. that, it, you know, that can make sense. Especially because Athlon's not, like, I don't know. They're, they're definitely getting bigger, but they're not, like, huge. 
You know, yeah. they're, they're not like a household name yet, I don't think. No, not yet. Uh, yeah. Even like shooting PRS, you'll see some Athlons out there. But, I mean, some guys love them. Some turn their nose up. You know, they're diehard Vortex or Night Force. This is personal opinion. Night Force, they're getting fucking huge. Like, they're really, really popular. Night Force really is popular. great. They don't have my favorite reticle, though, so it's not my favorite scope. Dude, reticle's big. It's huge. That's a really big factor in scope purchasing. It's the first thing I look at. I look through it, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Sometimes I'll offer two different reticles per model, and, you know, if I don't like either one, I'm like, nah. Even if it's a good deal, I just, it's not something I like. Yep. I'm a pretty simple guy. Like, I, I don't mind, a, just for hunting purposes, especially if I'm dialing a lot, I don't mind, a, like, just a, a duplex reticle, mm-hmm. just a standard fucking crosshair reticle, but... Um, man, if I, you know, if I have the choice between, you know, a duplex or like a mill dot reticle yeah. or even like the, oh my God, what the fuck is, what's, what reticle do you shoot? I love the mill dot. The mill dot. Okay. Yep. What's the fucking crazy one? Oh my gosh. I forgot what it's called. It's the, I think they call it the, the, the Christmas tree reticle it has shit all over the place. It's oh, like, yep. you know, it fucking branches down mm-hmm. and everything else. And you can really dial those fuckers. And if you know how to use them. So mine is mill dot with Horace. the tree. I think it's called Horace reticle. Hor- okay. Yeah. So mine has it. It's just like, once you get up to the tactical level scopes, all of them have the tree in it now. Yeah. And then the reticle above is whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love that. They're wild. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get in like the really high-end ones where and they have shit like on the, I, I didn't ever get in that but like a lot of the snipers they i think they had all had they had all chorus reticles and they're like yeah it's fucking cheating dude yeah and it's crazy those yeah, guys yeah. that really know the reticle you can you know if it's the mil spec scope you can actually measure yardage with it yep based off of you know the distance and then how tall it is so yeah i'm not smart enough to do that but i know a lot of guys can no i'm not i mean i, I was never a sniper i was never like a I like shooting long range, but not. I haven't. I didn't. I've never gotten into like the extreme long range just because, dude. I fucking barely pass math. You know, it's <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not like a big math guy. I fucking love shooting. I love get like being able to stretch out there and shoot out a decent ways. But I'm not like a you know mile and a half, two mile guy. You know, yeah. I'm not like I'm not like that because there's a lot. You, you got to do like all sorts of calculations. Fucking like. The curvature of the earth, other stuff. Yeah, that's what the electronics where, are where for the, now. Where the sun's at. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, yeah, there's definitely some good apps out there that uh, yeah. kind of dumb it down if you really want it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But I don't... Yeah. And then well, and then on the other hand, too, it's and so expensive. Very. Very, very. expensive. Like, I really want to... I want to go do a, uh, like a king of the two-mile match and just hit up somebody and be like, hey, do you have a spare gun I can shoot or can all buy ammo and just... Just shoot a couple rounds of it for fun. Oh, to, you're talking like the they're shooting like fifty cows and they're yeah, like the four sixteen and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, those are insane. I just really those, want to try it once, but I probably shouldn't because you know, new calibers and guns are like cracked to me. I'll right? be building one and those are you know, that's a that's a car. Yeah. Oh no <laughs> shit. Yeah. And they're like what are they? They gotta be like thirty pounds. They're, they're fucking huge. They're heavy. They're heavier than fuck. And then you get the guys that are shooting three, four thousand yards. And you got the prism, and the prism alone's five grand. You know, and then you What's got that. So it, it's like a fixed elevation you put in front of your scope. So it'll add in. You know, after you, oh, you only yeah. have so much drop in a scope. Yeah, so yep. this will be a fixed drop on top of what you got. Yep. No, I, I have seen those. I looks like a square box, like a GoPro almost. In front. Yep. 
never knew what the fuck it was, but it's just to get out there, to be able to reach out there farther. Yeah. So you don't have some stupid tall scope mount that's a foot and a half tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, man, what kind of fucking scopes do they shoot on those things? A lot of guys are running Night Force. I think the Night Beast Force. the beast is pretty common. Okay. But, I mean. What's the magnification on that? Like, fucking 30? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. It's got to be, be up there. There's callus makes some i mean there's there's infinite scopes out there for ridiculous yeah. ones right they're crazy yeah that's nuts I, yeah i i i mean i shouldn't say it. no i i can i can pretty confidently say i'll never get in, get into that just because building a gun mm-hmm. that can do it fucking crazy and then ammo and ammo uh, the ammo i think ultimately the killer have to reload there's no yeah. other option you can't no you can't just go buy factory ammo for that yeah and shoot it and be like yeah totally and I was talking to Bryce about his Shytech and asking him how much he thought, you know, a lot of those are solid bronze bullets that are hand cut mm. for stuff like that. And he was like, it's probably about 12 bucks around to reload. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Is he cutting himself? No. Okay. Uh, order. You have to, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that laser's the company. Laser bullets. The Blazer? Laser. Laser. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Blazer? Like the fucking cheap 9mm? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got a high-end model, yeah, too. Like, what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Blazer's like wolf. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I like shooting it. That's just because... Um, that's also why I'm drinking Old Milwaukee Blue. I'm a fucking connoisseur of cheap beer and... Save money for ammo. toys. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I love shooting cheap ammo. It's just because... Um, especially when it comes to like, like guns and stuff, too. If it, I don't want a gun that can't shoot cheap ammo necessarily. No, neither do I. Because I'm more of like a, I, I think a lot too. Like, okay, man, if shit really does hit the fan, and fucking like Russia EMPs us and takes all of our shit out, mm-hmm. and we're just stuck in the dark ages now, I want a gun that's gonna be able to shoot whatever I find off the ground or yep. wherever I'm at, right? But uh, obviously, when you're shooting like when you're talking like precision rifles, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna feed fucking. You know, wolf ammo through a yeah precision rifle. Is that I, I have shot wolf through my six. Have my, you my precision six five a couple Fuck times? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Found some. I'm surprised. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, oh, you nice. pay the money, it should be able to shoot it, right? Yeah, I, that's how I feel too. I guess, I guess more. I guess more or less. I'm thinking of like gas guns. If I were to buy like a really high end AR, I probably wouldn't run wolf through it. But that'd also be like my my pretty gun, my pretty boy gun. Yeah. Then I have my fucking my beat my my real gun my utility gun yep. that can shoot anything mm-hmm. right i'm also a fan of like i buy it to use it you know i i had a really nice over and under shotgun i wanted a du rally it was beautiful i think it was a franchi instinct l loved it oh yeah never shot it i was too scared to just take it out and run it through the reeds and just mutilate it and i finally ended up selling it to somebody that would love it and i was like it's just i'll never shoot it I had it for four years never pulled the trigger once on it, it was brand new yeah that is a problem. Yeah. You buy like too nice of guns and too nice of stuff. Then you're just like, I, I don't want to use it like I'm supposed to. Yeah. Like I was just looking at uh Ram uh, like TRX trucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, let's see what the, those are like. Just the fucking, they're like a hundred over a hundred grand. Yeah. They're like, sweet. dude, I'd be afraid to fart in that thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not going to run that TRX. Like it, like it was built to run. Yeah. So, but it also, yeah, that's just, that's nuts. That's a fucking house dude yeah that's crazy that's why i mean what do you keep it in the garage are you gonna keep it forever probably yeah, not exactly but then it's like then what are you doing with it yeah so i, I don't know i guess when when it comes to my guns uh, man that's another reason why i buy like 
mid-range guns a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I like to have nice guns and nice things, but I don't like to necessarily pull out a fucking second mortgage for them either. No, understandable. So, but I do really want, like, one just butte. Like, when I talk butte, I'm talking, like, I want, like, a, my, my, my dream gun is a fucking, uh, like, a 458 lot double rifle or something like that, you know? Is that like or a 500 s- Nitro Express. Okay, like some so far, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like a Kriegoff. Yep. Those things are gorgeous. Yeah, they are. Absolutely cool. gorgeous. But you're talking like, I don't know, 30 grand? Jesus. And Fucking then you, nuts. You'd be scared to shoot it because it'll I take your be. shoulder off too. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to just be able to flex like that, go to Africa and be like, Mah. Yeah. Look at this. Look at the full bore I got. Sick. Yeah. Mount you know? it to the front of a truck, yeah. yeah. But I would, I would never buy one. Unless I got like filthy rich, and then they resick. But yeah, yeah, I'll probably never, never end up buying a Kriegoff 500 Nitro Express. But it'd be pretty sick if I did. Yeah, it's like you go into Cabela's and you go in like the gun library where the little room is and all the beautiful ones are up there. Oh, it's yeah, like, they look sweet. But what are you gonna do? Like have your buddies put on white mm-hmm. gloves so they can hold it and then put it back in the safe? Yeah, don't fucking. What are you doing? Touching with your bare paws yeah, now i have to send like, it off to be cleaned like, it's gonna ruin the bluing yeah, like, it's gonna be a rusty fingerprint you, there yeah, why'd you fucking buy this thing then yeah <laughs> yeah no i ain't me i'm i'm more of like a winchester m70 guy yeah you no know, like fucking they look nice mm-hmm. beautiful guns shoots good shoots good but i wouldn't be afraid to like run it through the reeds yeah you I know mean, or throw it in the pasture seat and barrel sitting on the floor yeah you're not too worried about it right like, I think if I, like, I'm, re- I'm like, pretty comfortable. I, I, I'm going to buy a nice gun in, like, the $2,000 range, and that's just going to be my fucking, it'll probably be, like, a 7PRC. Yeah. Just because then I can, like, I can just use that for everything. Mm-hmm. I really do feel like the 7PRC, just ballistically, I haven't shot one yet. I definitely haven't shot, like, animals, but I feel like that's, like, pretty damn close to as good. Good as it gets for an all-around cartridge. I'd say so. You know, I, I had my 7 Tom. I loved it because I did a lot of research on it, which it's a little bit of an odd caliber, but it, you load it right. The 7 Tom I thought, was like it's the insane. best thing ever. The and only then, thing I don't like about the 7 Tom is the factory ammo thing because yeah. I, I, because I don't reload. Yep. And then the bastards came out with the 7 pairs. So I'm like, yep. God damn it. Now it's even 7 millimeter bullets. Now we're gone. I'm like, yep. son of a bitch. Yeah, that 7 Tom's never going to take off now. Like, no. As far as, as far, like... If it didn't take off already, then it's definitely not going to take off now. Because there's so many, yeah. there's a lot of, there's so many sevens there's out there. There's a lot of sevens there. out there. There's so there's many a lot of everything. everything. <laughs> you pick a caliber, there's hundred variations of it, you know, and there's yeah. the old guys in the basement, they're like, this is the best thing on earth. And honestly, when the 6.5 Creedmoor came out, that's probably why it took off so well, mm-hmm. because there wasn't a whole lot of really popular 6.5s. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, bullshit, there's a lot of 6.5s out. It's like, yeah, like a fucking hundred years ago, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever. They had the 6.5284, but that was yeah. still kind of oddish, you know? And it's still odd enough. Like, no one's, no one's, no one in America was using it. And plus, like, all the old timers that were like, hey, but there's a lot of fucking 6.5s. Like, the 6.5 Creedmoor doesn't make any sense. Like, but no one was using them because America's always been like a fucking 30 caliber. 308. 308, 30 6, <laughs> 300 Win Mag. Yeah. Fucking, you know, like, that's America. Yeah. They're not bad cartridges. No, they're There's great. Better ballistic ones out there. Yeah. Depends on what you're doing with it, though, too. Exactly. It's like when you're talking hunting, it's like a three on wood mag. Everyone's just like, "What do I need for a hunt rifle?" Three on wood mag. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, 
I'm only 13. Stop being a pussy. Yeah. Shoot a 300 wooden mag. You'll have this gun forever. Yeah. If you can't shoot a 300 wooden mag, then you shouldn't even be hunting yeah. anyways. So, Go back to the truck. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but no, it's like everyone's just like 300 wooden mag or 30 out of six. That's like behind it. Yeah. This, this country legitimately was built on like the back of the 30 out of six though. Oh, for sure. For sure. The, yeah. The 30 out caliber has been around for ever. Forever. Ever so, since. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, I, we were talking a little bit before we hit start too, but I, I did a lot of research on 30 out of six. I wrote an article on Deercast about it and stuff, but, um, it's a fucking cool cartridge just because it was the first real cartridge that America had that used smokeless powder. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, when I say first real one, like we did, we did, so we were still using like 45 70s and stuff a lot. Like the Spanish American war, mm-hmm. we we're using like, you know, single shot trap door, fucking 45 70s and stuff. Yeah. And the Spanish had the, um, had Mausers and they were just fucking us up. Mm-hmm. So then Teddy Roosevelt, when he became president, he's like, we need to fix this shit. Cause I got my fucking ass beat out there in the fucking Spanish American war. dude. <laughs> you know? So he's like. We won the war, but he's like, we got fucked up. So there did a lot of like, um, they did a lot of research and stuff back in the day. And then smokeless powder came out and they're like, fucking name, what are we going to do here? So they can't, they originally adopted the 3040 Craig for military use. And that just didn't work out. And actually, I, wait, did they use the 3040 Craig during the Spanish American war? There's a war in there that used it, and they got fucked up with that one, too. And they're like, ah, that didn't quite work out. But that was, like, the first adaptation of smokeless powder that we used mm-hmm. as a military. And then um, fast forward a little, just a little bit, like a few years, and then they redeveloped a new... They basically stole this, the, the Mauser action, put it in a... Like, Springfield took that, and they're like, okay, this is just the best there is right now, so we're just going to take it. And they didn't ask. America. So, yeah, we just stole it. <laughs> we just stole the fucking Mauser action, put it in a Springfield 30 or 1903, and came out with the 30 out three, which is a 30 caliber fucking. It's the 30 is the 30 out three. And the only difference is that they're using 220 grain round nose fucking ballistically inferior rounds. It's just a lead ball, it's just essentially. A, basically, yeah. an elongated lead ball. So they're using that, and then they fucking uh, very very shortly after, um, someone in Germany named Spitzer came up with a new bullet, and it came up with the Spitzer bullet, like the boat tail fucking yep. Spitzers, right? The pointy the pointy pointy bullets. So in America's like fucking hey, that looks nice. It looks a lot more aerodynamic, a lot more effective. Let's just do that instead. So then they, that's when they came up with thirty yacht six, which is just replaced the two hundred twenty grain round with bullets and. Brought in 150 grain Spitzer bullets and put it on there, and then put it in a fucking 1903, and they're like, "There it is, 30-06." That'd be great. Can you imagine and never since then, dude. Shooting the first variation of it, be like, "Oh, this is better than what we had," and then this mm-hmm. next one comes out two years later, and you're like, "Damn, holy fuck!" Now we can do something. Especially if you're one of those soldiers that was like a really, really good shot. Yeah, you know, with like those really shitty fucking rifles. Like, no, I shouldn't say really shitty; they were great at the time. But when you're just, if you became a really good shot using fucking like a 4570, yeah. like trapdoors 4570, and you're like, yeah, hell yeah, I can shoot this thing at like 75 yards. Yeah. I'm so good. 200 <laughs> yard shot. You're, yeah. You're out there. Right. <laughs> and then they come out with that stuff and you're like, holy shit. And you use like one of the few people that can really appreciate yep. the, the capabilities of that cartridge at the time. Yeah. We're not just laying lead down that, that, that didn't matter at that point, but. Actually, taking precise shots and the ones mm-hmm. that you know one off the count, 
Yeah, because we were also talking like about warfare a little bit before, and it's like, you know, why why do we go to the M16 instead of the keeping the M14 and stuff, and just boil down to firepower? Like the Vietnam War was basically a culmination of what we learned from World War I, World War Two, and it's like the warfare changed in a way where it's like back in the day, mm-hmm. like they were still wanting more fire capacity. That's why the Mausers did so well because they could they they had more rounds. Yep, they had they could hold like five rounds rather than one yeah you know so it's like that's a huge advantage dude they're they're loading way faster it is just is is the rate of fire was impossible like those were machine guns back then dude not not really they they had machine guns but they were fucking fast it's like the the lever action you know the henry repeating rifle came out that thing was yep huge yep and if you have a, a bolt action rifle that can hold five rounds and it can also shoot you from you know 200 yards away, but then the other, the other force that you're fighting against, they have a weapon that they need to get within a hundred yards to be effective. It's like, you have a huge advantage. Huge. Like a hundred yards is a lot of ground to cover when they're shooting high rate of fire, accurate at a further distance. Like yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. I can keep armies away. Oh, you know? for sure. So that's what the Spanish were doing. It's just fucking everyone up. Yeah. Even it's mentally, a, if you, if you can't touch them and they're sitting there picking off your buddies left and right, it's yeah. like, we're not getting any closer. Like, dude, we can't even fucking touch them. No, nope. like, we can't do it. No, nope. without yeah. just a barrage of bullets. Besides and, artillery is yeah. all we can hit them with. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's why they, that's why like, Teddy Roosevelt and stuff came back and was like, hell yeah, we need to fix this shit. Cause I was a rough rider and fucking, we got fucked up, dude. Yeah. So yeah. 30-06 is, like, way, like, people say, you know, like, okay, yeah, 1906, that's why it's called 30-06, 30 caliber, 1906, but they're like, yeah, it's a fucking old-ass cartridge, but it's like, you don't it's really appreciate, like, great though. I mean, the fact that is at the dawn of smokeless powder, Yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy to think about, that's been around, that round, that cartridge has been around for so long, Yeah, and it's still effective. And just think, the average person... What do you think the range is? Like their average, if you if you average across the average American, you're probably thinking maybe three four hundred yards is a far far shot for. Well, when you say average American, you mean like the average, just the average American, or you mean the average American shooter or average I'd say American like hunter, average or? American shooter hunter. You know, like a they're not fully into it. Yeah, they they shoot deer season and then pop off a couple rounds during the you know yep. springtime. But. I'd say like, yeah, I would honestly say like three hundred yards is like. You know, they're We're like, most yeah. comfortable with taking it's an animal. Or something That's like a, that. yep. You could take a, you could take a, uh, hmm, I want to say this and be mean. You could take a, an unpracticed shooter, mm-hmm. I guess you'd say. Yep. I want to say subpar because they could probably be decent if they try, but like less disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could take a less disciplined shooter and get them shooting 300 yards fairly quickly and yep. be like pretty damn confident with that mm-hmm. shot 400 yards is like yeah okay like it's you know but anything over anything honestly anything over 400 is pretty hard for I people agree. like that for the average for the average american like you said i think 400 yards or anything over 400 would be like i don't know that's pretty far kind of yeah. thing and i think a lot of it has to do with the ranges too because to find a 400 plus yard range is even I mean, they're out there most definitely, but they're not you know readily available. Or you have to drive an hour or two to get to one. So yep. people just never build the confidence in their equipment, or maybe not even want to. Besides the occasional, I shot a thousand yards once, you know. Right. Well, then you got to walk all the way out there too. Yeah, that's or, what you got to find range of steel. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to walk yeah, out there, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Or I guess you could, I guess if you had like a four wheeler or side by side, you could just ride out there. Yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like that's fairly accurate though. Like 500 yards, 600 yards. I think really when you get out to like past 600, that's even hard. That's even a tough shot for a, the the average shooter. I think like I'd say six, so. six, seven hundred yards. Like okay, that's pretty far. Like you, like me, I'm like you know I I depending on the rifle. Like I was shooting my six five, uh, my six five. I I had for I got that shooting out to six hundred pretty fairly quickly. But you know it's still like when you're getting out there, you're shooting at you know. 100, 200, 300, 400, and you're like, my groups are fucking super tight. Yep. Like, you know, it's, they're going out there. They're all, it's expected to get bigger, obviously, but it was growing at the rate of expectation that the um, rifle I was shooting. Right? Yeah. Then you get out there to 600 and they really start, it really start opening up a little bit, you know, so then reach out there to 700 and it's like, well, now you're. I don't know, depending on the quality of gun you have, obviously. Yeah, equipment Ru- could be huge. Yeah, I was shooting a Ruger American, and that was a, you know, MOA, one, M- one MOA-ish gun. Yeah. But, you know, you get out there six, seven hundred yards, those groups start, it's just almost a mental thing. And you shoot, when you're shooting groups and you look at them, you're like, damn, that's a big group. When you're yeah. used to seeing, like, at one, two, maybe even 300, like, basically seeing your rounds touching. Yep. And then you get out there at 600, and you're like, God damn, am I a terrible shot? And like, no, it's just it's probably not six hundred yards, dude. It's and fucking a, far. And a lot of it too is like if you're shooting factory ammo, the inconsistency and just even the the speed. That's where yes. you know four hundred in, you're not going to notice it. No problem. Yep. You start getting six hundred plus, you'll notice it. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll shoot, you know, hold center to plate six hundred yards. First one hits the top right edge. You're like, okay, you know, a little high, whatever. Dope might be off. Or you know, shoot another one, then it's in the dirt below it. And you're like, okay. Shoot another one, hits the center, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, my shit's either loose or I'm doing something wrong. You really right. start to question your life about it. Yeah, for but sure. But it's like, no, go, go shoot it over a chronograph and then really, you know, start looking at it. Yep. And that's one thing, I because I was shooting, you know, good factory ammo. I was shooting the Hornady Precision Hunter out of mm-hmm. it mostly. I did shoot the Norma. I did shoot Norma out of it. The Norma Whitetail is like the cheaper Norma ammo they had. That, even that was honestly pretty decent. I've been actually pretty impressed with Norma ammo, ammunition. Yep. For the price, they're pretty decent. Yeah, seems like. And then I shot some. I think I shot some of the some uh, one box of like Federal, two, maybe not actually. But I basically shot Hardy Precision Hunter out of that thing most mostly all the, all all the time just because that is good ammo. I yeah. back when I was shooting factory before I was reloading. Ammo was a little bit cheaper then too, but yeah. Hornady ELDM, you know, the match ammo was my, my jam. Mm-hmm. That stuff was. If you chronographed it, you'd be like, hmm, I don't know how it shoots as good as it does. But it was always, I, it was my favorite factory ammo there was. And then that, the uh, Precision Hunter, I ran out one day. I was like, shit, I need 20 more rounds. So I went to Fleet Farm. That's all they had. The bullet weight was as close as I could get. It was within like four grains. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just keep these separate for under 400 yards. And, <laughs> well, my box came open in my bag and they all mixed. Whoops. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hmm. Son of a bitch. I'm like, well, I should be able to tell the difference. Nope. <laughs> the no. zero there's the brass is all the you same <laughs> they're all the polymer tips i'm like well here we go yep. and i could not tell a difference i mean there's some that might have launched it a thousand whether i missed it because the ammo or not or if it was just me but i couldn't be like wow these definitely sucked or yeah was it me or the gun yeah when you're reloading were you using the eldms mostly i did for a little bit yeah did you? and then i went with sierra because i really fell in love with the sierra oh. bullets but then 
I think Sierra actually got a military contract, and then now it's really hard to get the bullets you want. They're always sold out. But they're great yeah. bullets. Yeah, Sierra does make good bullets. Yep. I think they scored a military contract, so. Probably. Bye bye, little I, person. <laughs> well, the thing is that you kind of hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like when I was in the military, I kind of saw that coming, just like I saw the, like in my, I saw the Night Force thing kind of coming. Cause now I'm pretty sure. Um, actually, I don't know if Night Force won the military contract for a conventional army, but they, I know Night Force holds a contract for like special operations mm-hmm. and also special operations bought predominantly Sierra for yep. their, all their guns. So it's like the writing was on the walls for that to go out to the big army because yep. whenever special operations, um, adopt something, it's not too far after unless it's like ridiculous. Yeah. Like the four, like the four tube nods, the conventional army won't get that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe another like 60, 70 years, maybe they'll get the four <laughs> tube knobs, but nods, but, uh, you know, SF and share running those, but like when it comes to like guns and stuff like that, like especially ammo, like they're, yeah, we big army ends up getting it eventually. So I mean, I'm glad they're getting the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is good. It's consistent. So, yeah, but yeah, Sierra was, was seven, re- I'm trying to remember now. Can't remember, it doesn't matter. Sorry. I just thought out loud oh, no. for no reason. Sorry. Yeah. Cause when <laughs> I got turned on this year, I think I had actually won a box of bullets off the price table. I'm like, Oh, these are great. And I, I loaded them and, it was just so easy to load and find a group that matched. They were just consistent as shit. And I had them for probably a year and a half, just buying tons and tons. And wasn't like buying thousands at a time because they were always available. Mm-hmm. And one day they weren't. <laughs> yeah. And then like, what I was were like, their weight? What was the weight weights on them? Like, were they, uh, they differentiate a lot in weight either. Or not really like consistency. Yeah. No, uh, not really. I weighed really? a couple. I grab a handful out, throw them on the scale. Maybe a grain difference at most is what right. I found. I was like, yeah, probably my scale being a piece of shit. They're probably closer yeah, than that. Right. You know, sometimes you look at like, even when I'm reloading, it drives me nuts because it'll be sitting there chart running out powder. Say you run 56 grains of powder. It'll be going and it creeps up to 56. And then sometimes it'll be like 55, nine and it stops. And then it just turns to 56. I'm like, bitch, you didn't drop any more powder in there. Did you <laughs> just like, man, close enough? Or? <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, there's, oh my gosh, that's so funny because at work and stuff, sometimes I'll have, like, my equipment, I'll have that. Like, we have like, these little, these fucking, um, I don't know, little measuring tools. Yep. It's going to be super dumb. But basically, you stick your shit in there to measure to see if the levels are off of the internet and whatnot. But yeah, sometimes I'll stick it in the hole and I'll look at it and I'm like, what the fuck? It's like fluctuating quite a bit. And then I'll like move it a little bit and then it'll like fluctuate a lot and it'll sit sit there. I'm like, where were you even reading before? Yeah. And it's just something with like equipment. Yeah. That it makes you wonder like, are you really doing your job? Like, what are you doing here? Like, do yeah. I need to trade you out for a newer model or something? Like what the fuck? And that's what I thought. Cause I had the RCBS charge master. Great powder scale. You know, that's probably 400 bucks at the time I bought it. And then I ended Jeez. up winning the Hornady at the gap grind, which was great. Another amazing scale. And they both do the same shit. So I'm like, okay. You know, sometimes there'll be a 10th over and it drops down. I'm like, <laughs> did it evaporate mm. and i asked some guys i'm like well what do you do do you dump them out so and if you start dumping out that many you're gonna be there forever until you yeah. get spot on loads and the guys are like eh, if, if it's more than like two tenths of a grain i'd probably worry but one tenth and fuck it yeah say so like honestly wait yeah. what's the difference gonna be one tenth yeah, are you, if, if 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 it's even off, it might. Yeah, it might I, not even be off. Might I just, just try just to get it there. every time. Is this yeah. a mental thing? Like you'd watch it literally change weights. 
and it didn't do anything. I'm yeah. like, mm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, because you want to be able to say, like, yeah, I reload my, reload my own shit, and I got my fucking load data like, yep. dialed, dude. Like, to the best my of my ability. All my shit's dialed in. Yep. You know, like, really tight. Mm-hmm. And then, but then you look at it, and you're like, mm, I don't know. Is it really that tight? It just changed. Makes you, <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder, you know. Mentally, it's just, I want to do the best I can yeah. because I know sometimes I don't have my best days behind the rifle, so I want the equipment to do the job for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. I was talking to oh my God, I was talking to some guys about... Um, so, I was talking to some guys. Hunting season just started. Like, both archery season in Iowa just started um, October 1st. So, I was talking to some guys that were, like, you know, dusting off their bows and stuff. And they're going out there and they're shooting and whatnot. And they're kind of... Having some equipment malfunctions, I'm like, that's one thing I always say. I'm like, if I fuck something up, if I'm shooting and I shank a shot or I, you know, my, if my trigger squeezes off or whether I'm shooting archery or fucking rifles or handguns or whatever else, if I shank a shot and it's my fault and I know it, I'm like, okay, I can work on that. Yeah. But if I have equipment that just fails, mm-hmm. that pisses me the fuck off. Oh, I'm like, to dude, none in. I want my, I want my gear dialed in. And I'm not the most organized person in the world, but like when it comes to like the stuff that kills things mm-hmm. or actually the business end of the equipment, like I can deal with like, you know, cheaper pinos or I can deal with like cheaper clothes, especially as we're on fucking full cotton every hunting season for a long time, just because I'm, if I'm going to skimp on something, I'll skimp on clothes, but yep. I don't like to cheat, um, skimp on gear. Like when, when I'm shooting my guns, I try to, I try to shoot. I do, especially when it comes to like bull guns and stuff, mm-hmm. but like I try to shoot good ammo because it's going to be the most consistent mm-hmm. and they charge a higher price for a reason. So I try to shoot good ammo. If I'm just shooting like on the range of my Glock, I'll shoot cheap fucking shit all day or my That's AR, I'll shoot cheap shit all day because I'm, I'm shooting it at, you know, 10, 15 yards and then with my AR, you know, yeah. within a hundred. I'm just there to make noise and practice. Yeah. I'm there to, I'm there to speed shoot. Yep. So I'm going to shoot a higher volume of rounds. So I'll shoot cheap ammo. But when it comes to like my precision, like when I'm trying to shoot bolt guns and stuff, I try to shoot more expensive ammo just because it's expensive for a reason. It's going to be more consistent. And I do not want to be shooting like cheap ammo and just have shit fucking groups yep. and be like, I know I'm not. Cause then trying I think to save a dollar. Well, yeah, and it's like then I try then I go back to the drawing board. I'm like, man, my, that group sucks ass. Like, I get mad if there's a flyer. Like, if I have one flyer off, oh. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I have to go reshoot. And I'm like, god damn it! Like, what is fucking wrong with me? I'm like, probably nothing. Probably nothing's wrong mentally, but it does mentally kind of fucking piss me off. I'm like, I want all my at a hundred yards. I want groups touching. Like yeah. that's my standard. If they're not touching, I get pissed. Yep. But then I start, and then I start thinking like, what am I doing wrong? I need to do this better. I need to do that. Better. I'm like. Or maybe it's just the fact that it's factory ammo yep. out of a Ruger American, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like could be, yeah, you know, yeah. But. Shooting paper, I tell you what, I'd if I could pay somebody that I could fully trust to like say, hey, do the little development, make this zeroed in, I would do it all day long because mm-hmm. the mental aspect, I get in my own head too much because I used to shoot, you know, groups of three. You know, groups of three are generally pretty good. Yeah. But then that's not really, you're not getting enough data collection off of groups of three. You know, I've learned through the years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we'll shoot five. Five is kind of your standard, you know, for zeroing and stuff and chronographing. <laughs> Shit, you not. Every time, it's always round number four that fucks me on my groups. <laughs> you'll be like, three. You'll have like, Shit, did I miss the paper? Are they all in the same hole? Here comes number four, two inches off to the right. What the fuck? Yeah. 
I, I think I'm like, fuck yeah, this is going to be the best group ever. I'll yeah. hang this up on the fridge and then four goes by. <laughs> See ya. Yep. And then yep. I'm pissed and somehow five will be right up in there where it should be. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, so, uh, Kurt Geyer, uh, from Morgan class bow hunter, he bought a Browning, uh, X-Bolt and, um, he, I went and grabbed it from him and stuff and. I mounted the, the, his scope on there for him and everything else. When uh, back at, back at home here, I bought a couple of boxes of ammo. It was a three hundred one mag, and I went and zeroed it, zeroed it in to me. You know, just getting it close. Then he, uh, you know, he's obviously touched it up since then. But god dang! But I sit there shooting. And I'm like, I want to be able to like send the target with mm-hmm. them and be like, here you go. This is what it's shooting for me. And then I, I'd be shooting it. I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. I get a couple of flyers. I'm like, I can't send that one. So I just fucking sub a new target. I'm like, fucking 300 women is not cheap. So I'm like, it's like <laughs> a pencil and put my, some holes yeah, on it. Like, it's not even my gun. So, but like, I still like would send them pictures and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yep, this is how it's shooting kind of thing. I'm like, you're just, you know, obviously went through a little spiel. But yeah, during that whole thing, I'm like, damn it, I can't send that one. That one kind of sucked. And I, then I started thinking, like, what the fuck did I do differently? And I'm like, oh, I probably didn't do anything differently. It's just, or maybe I did just a little bit, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a mental thing. Yeah. Like, there's still, like, the groups are still fucking, you know, MOA-ish. Like, I think when if you factor in, the like, a flyer here and there, you are you might be just, I may have been just a skosh over. Yeah. You know, one inch, but at 100 yards, but I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. If it's a random flyer, I've just depends on how consistent it is i feel and honestly um like for a lot of people too if you're shooting if you're shooting if you have an moa you know if your gun if you and your gun are shooting you know one inch or so groups at 100 yards like you're gonna be fine yeah you'll be you'll be totally fine you can even get away with bigger than that if you want if you wanted to and still be able to reach out there to 400 you know when when you're hunting for sure you know if you're if you're punching if you're target shooting and you're trying to punch fucking dots mm-hmm. way out there, then no, you need to be better than that. But for most people, if you you can go out there a hundred yards and shoot close to an inch groups, then you're gonna be fine when it comes to hunting season for sure. I think. Yeah, MOA used to be like that was the standard. If you shot shot MOA, that's that's awesome. If you shot under, good for you. You know, you're a hell of a shooter. Guns working good. But yep, now all these. Companies like Christensen Arms, Bergara, they're all sending out their test target. And they're like, oh, this is a, you know, we guarantee it's a half MOA or less gun. Yeah. The stigma now is if you can't shoot that, you're stuck, you know. Right, yeah. Everyone says half, like, you know, it's a half minute or half MOA or whatever else. Or it's a sub sub MOA gun. You're like, cool. And then you go out there and you shoot and you're shooting a fucking, you know, one MOA, like one MOA or one inch. Then you're just like, I guess I just suck. Yeah, I just, I'm just a terrible shooter. It's like, no, that's a good, that's a good group. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. That's a, I think it's a good group for for an average average shooter. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Especially fucking, if you're hunt, hunting and you know, you're not precision, yeah, right? Yeah, if, yeah, obviously yes. If you're precision precision shooting, then you need to be fucking tired than that. But yeah, because I mean, they'll be shooting. Purposes wise, you know, I've had people tell me like, man, is this fucking good or is this bad? I'm like, that's pretty fucking decent. Like, yeah, I, you know, I you'd still be able to go, you know. The biggest thing with hunting, though, if you're honest with yourself, you know, it's like if you're out there and you're shooting, say you're, you know, I, I like to go by the pie plate theory, where it's like if you go out there at your reasonable hunting range, um, ranges, if you're at 400 yards and you're keeping them well within a pie plate every single time, yep. you're fine. You're good to go. 
because yeah. you're going to hit the vitals. If you're hitting it, when I say like every single time, I mean like, you know, every time you're inside the pie plate, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. But if you're honest with yourself is the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go out there and you shoot, you know, 15 rounds and you have, you know, 10 in the pie plate, like, good to go. It's like, wow. Are yeah. you though? Are you? Because if you're just barely out of the pie plate, then you're, you know, now you're talking about wounding game and stuff. It's like, yeah. you know, you need to be honest with yourself and be, you know, before you go out hunting. Yeah, because if you really think about like an MOA, say you take an MOA target and run it all the way up to a thousand yards, so you have it essentially you ten inches. You have a pie plate at a thousand yards. That's a small goddamn target. Small fucking target. It's a small fucking target. Mm-hmm. And at four hundred yards, you're four inches. Small fucking target. Yep. You know. Yep. So it yeah, MOA I think is a real good shooter. If you're if you're a one MOA shooter, anything less than that, you're just gaining an advantage. But still. Yeah. You like, could be a half MOA job. shooter under 500 yards and you got to 1,000. You're no longer an MOA shooter. Right, and, yeah. Oh, I've had my days where I can't hit shit at 1,000 yards, and there's other days <laughs> I can stack them in there, and it's like, huh, wonder what changed. I don't know if... That's just that's just anything, though, right? Yeah. That's just... Like, there's, there's days where, you know, I just can't fucking even talk. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been talking for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, there's, <laughs> there's some days uh, it's, it's tough to formulate a sentence. You're like, damn, dude, am I retarded? Like, am I? I don't know. Well, I thought that too. <laughs> you know, at work, you're on a Zoom meeting with 400 people, and then oh, somehow yeah. that's the day out of the month that I just can't talk. And I think they think, why did we hire this buffoon? You know, yeah. he's like a monkey. He's a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> yeah. This dude sucks. Yeah, he can make a hell of a spreadsheet, though. Did he know, like, when they hit, like, hit end call, it's like, everyone's just clowning on me, dude. Yeah. I'm such an idiot. I fucked that whole thing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be sitting there reading through my presentation, like, I got this. And as soon as it comes no on, everybody's looking at you, and I'm like, ah, damn it. What, what am I doing today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt on this podcast for, like, the first, like, 25 episodes. I'm like, dude, I'm stupid. I'm just dumb as fuck. Like, no one's going to listen to this. Like, I suck. <laughs> I would be the same way, though, because, like, when I took this job at NAFCO, it's a lot of its presentation in front of people and stuff, and I was probably the worst person to present. You know, I get nervous all the time, forget what I'm doing, and I'd hear back, like, because we, we record all the meetings for people that miss out and stuff, and I'd hear something like, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> God dang, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Who's this fool? <laughs> Dude, it took me so long. I, I, I still don't like it, but it took me so long just to even listen back to myself. Like, yeah. Do you listen back like, when you listen back to like, your presentations? Do you ever? I feel like I yourself? sound like an idiot. Like my like, voice is weird. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like my voice. I, I I don't enunciate. I mumble. I fucking sound like an idiot. Like I sound dumb. So I'm like, damn it, dude. Why does anyone listen to me? Why is it? Why have I gone thirty years or well, thirty two, like thirty plus years of talking and no one's ever just sat me down and been like, dude. You sound stupid. Like your voice sucks. Like no one's ever that. Yeah, but everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you got a deep voice. It sounds good or whatever." And I listen back to him like, "Dude, in my in my head, I'm like, yeah, I sound like fucking. Oh my gosh, who's that deep voice dude? The super popular like bluesy singer. Oh, um, I want to say Ray Charles, but he's the blind one. I'm having one of those dumb moments right now. Yeah, whatever. That guy. But, it, you know, I was like, I think I sound like a fucking really, nice, like, good, like, bluesy singer. And then I listen back to myself. I'm like, no, I just sound dumb. But <laughs> that's, I'm the, I get the same thing. I don't know if it's how we perceive ourselves and we're just the most, well, the most judgmental person on your, on your, yeah. your person's you. For sure. And then I, I also just think, like, it just, you just hear yourself completely different. Yeah. You know, I don't think that, I just don't think 
it registers. Like you sound, you do sound completely different in your head, like when you're speaking. But then when you hear it back to yourself, I don't even know if it hits the same like brain computer. I don't think, it does. <laughs> I don't think, I don't yeah. think my brain comprehends how I actually sound. Yep. So I just like to put it like that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't know. It just sounds, it's just weird. But yeah. I, I, everyone I talk to that hears themselves, he or hears themselves speak. They're like, I hate the sound of my voice. But oh, when I talk to that sure. person, like when I talk to you, I'm like, you sound good. You sound great on the podcast. And then when I listen back to the fucking episode, I'm editing it. Mm-hmm. You sound the same. See, I think you do too. Like even yeah. if you talk to me in person, the podcast, you sound the exact same. Yeah. And I feel like I sound way different. Yep. It's weird. It almost sucks. The hardest thing I've done is like when you're like up on stage speaking at the microphone and you can kind of hear, you know, like the speaker's lag or the echo. So yeah. then you're like, you're trying to comprehend. You sound like an idiot, but you, and then you're trying to think of what you're saying next. It's terrible. Oh, I haven't have gotten over that one yet. So <laughs> it does suck. I'm not big in, you know, like big groups. There's yeah. 200 people staring at you. They're like, God, how many Snapchats are about me right now? You know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Public speaking that sucks. That's a special trait. Kudos to the people that can do it. Cause yeah, I struggle, dude. It sucks. Public speaking is terrible. Like doing this, the like, grand. You know, a lot of people are gonna. Like, when I say a lot, I mean there's gonna be more than a couple people listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're it's like we're speaking publicly, but no, because we don't see them. Like yep. when you get in front of people and everyone's just staring at you, like let's hear what you gotta say. I'm like oh shit. My voice starts cracking. Yep. You know, like, uh, water. Mouth is dry. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot my speech. Who's up next? Yeah. Or like job job interviews. They oh, ass, I'm know? terrible. Absolutely I terrible. Hate them. The only thing that helped me is that uh, in the Army, you had to do uh, boards a lot. So um, an Army board is like, we had to do Soldier of the Month, NCO of the Month, and then you had to go to... A, prom- a promotion board in order to get promoted. So what you're doing is you're going in front of the your battalion command sergeant major and all of the first sergeants. So all of the company first sergeants are there, and they're just it's a board like they're sitting there behind a long table, and they're just grilling you with questions like army questions, and you just have to sit there at the position of attention the whole time. Which when you're sitting there, you know your fucking feet or your heels are together. Your hands are on your knees, and you're just like, boom. You like, you can turn your head to like make eye contact when you're talking to them, but you can't move. Like, you can't just like move around. You can't move your arms. That'd be tough. Oh man! So you're just literally sitting there. Like, there's times where they'd ask me a question, I'd just be sitting there like this. I'm like, just don't know how to like going through my brain. Like, if I'm talking to my buddy, I'd be like, um, crap. You know, using my hands, like, and then trying to keep it inter- try to keep it interesting a little bit while mm-hmm. I'm thinking. But I'm just sitting, you're just sitting there like staring them in the eyes. You're like, and then if I can't think of it, I give myself like a solid like five seconds of eye contact, of awkward eye contact with the <laughs> fucking command sergeant major. I'm just like, and then if I don't know the answer, I just make something up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just baffle them with bullshit. Yeah, like they ask me like, what's the maximum effective range of a of this was a one that I always liked though because you could ask you could ask them questions to like. Um, verify i guess or take you know so if they ask like what's the maximum effective range of the uh 240 bravo then i'd always ask like are you do you want the maximum effective range on a point target or an area target and then they'd be like hmm 
point target. And I'm like, mm, fuck. Fuck, I was up with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, mm, 1,250 yards or meters. Like, really? Yes, Sergeant Major. Like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, yeah, Sergeant Major. Like, shuffling the papers. Like, you're wrong. It's actually like 2,800 meters. I'm like, Roger that. <laughs> Sorry, Sergeant. I can't see that far. Roger that. <laughs> like, wait, the biggest thing is just they're, they're gauging your confidence. Mm-hmm. So like they, they also want to gauge your knowledge. But if you don't know the correct answer to a few questions, they don't expect you to answer every single question correctly. You know, But if you say it confidently and you're just a super confident person, then you know I, I won a Soldier of the Month board. And I literally answered like maybe two or three questions correctly because I didn't have time to study and I just got thrown in there. Yeah. So, and I knew, I knew the soldier's creed cause you always have to end the board with a soldier's creed. And then if you're an NCO, you have to end it with the soldier's creed, then the NCO creed, which is long as fuck. But I stood up like when they dismissed me and they're like, all right, soldier's creed. I fucking started yelling it. And then I left and like, well, you won because you yelled it. So good job. Perfect. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, confidence is everything. It, it is. Really is. Especially when you're public speaking or training or just anything, you know. Yeah. And that also carries into like shooting too. Mm-hmm. If you go in if you go into like shooting and really anything and you're just like really unconfident about with yourself, that's why we're talking about like a mental thing, right? Yeah. When you're not shooting the best and it fucks with your brain. Like a lot of times I'll if if I'm not just at home shooting and training, if I'm just not shooting well, I'll just stop. I was like, I'm not today. Yep. For one, I'm, I feel like I'm wasting ammo. And for two, it's like, I don't want the, I don't want to instill bad habits and shit. So yeah. I was like, if I'm, if I'm just not feeling it that day, I'll just stop and take the day off. Yeah. You know, just, just re- not shoot. Yeah. Re- re- reset. Regroup a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep that night. You know, maybe I fucking drink too much beer the night before. I don't know. Something <laughs> that like could that. could be a lot of so, it. <laughs> you know, but so, sometimes it's just better just to not, because then you just start you get into your brain about it. You're like, I just suck. I'm a fucking terrible shot. I fucking suck at this or I suck at public speaking or I, yeah. I suck at all these things because I'm, you start losing confidence. And if you lose confidence and that's just a killer, I think mm-hmm. so much stuff in life is so mental, dude. Yep. I remember in Tennessee, like during practice day, they're like, okay, well you better practice on the movers out there. I'm like, okay, I heard there's going to be moving targets, you know, and it's a full lipstick at 620 yards. I think it's what it was. And it's moving yeah, seven, a full lipstick target. Yeah. How how far? 620. And it's moving seven miles an hour. I'm like, fuck. And I saw him like, ain't no fucking way. Yeah, I'm like, there's just no way. This is dumb. <laughs> and then you got a wind, you know, like out of your nine o'clock. So it's okay. Even better. One way. And then it travels 15 yards and changes direction. Your dope is completely different for your, you know, yeah. side to side. I'm like, mm-hmm. So I get down there and these guys, there's like four different people trying to give me advice. And it's all not driving. It's how they know how to shoot movers, and I've never shot movers. I'm shooting way the fuck behind. Shoot again, wave. I'm like, fuck, how am I so far behind? One guy's like, oh, dial in some wind. I'm like, okay. Mm. Worked on when it's going to the right. When that goes to the left, now you're way the fuck off of it. You yeah. know? And I'm like, this is going to suck. I have two more days of, you know, the whole, that whole stage was movers. And two, two more days, I'm like, I'm fucked. I'm so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I dumped 10 I'm rounds, so and I'm like, ah, so... The, the pro guy I was with, he's like, you're overthinking this. Movers aren't that hard. I'm like, what do you mean they're not that hard? He's like... I literally can't hit one, dude. Yeah, he's like, dial in your wind, and you're going to hold for the rest of it. I'm like, okay. He's like, so if you dial the wind, you forget it even exists, you know? He's like, it's a full-size zip six, 600. Easy target. I'm like, yeah, but it's moving. He's like, fuck if it's moving. And he's like, look at your ballistic app. Tells you, you know, 
get a hold like half a mil. So you're gonna hold half a mil. Shoot it. I'm like Okay. Okay. This ain't gonna work. Get down there. First shot, hit the left edge. I was a little bit slow on it. I'm like, huh. Hmm. Okay. Second shot, left edge again. He's like He's like, just follow through. He's like, the biggest thing, he's like, you're stopping. He's like, don't wait for it. Follow through. He's like, Mm -hmm. if you stop, you'll never hit it. Yep. Okay. Practiced a little bit. And then I, the first day, I think I, eight out of 10, second day I cleared it. I'm like, holy shit. It was so easy. Sick. Thanks, dude. Yeah. But if it wasn't for him, like really talking me through, like you're, you're overthinking this, you're being a dumbass. This is an easy target. I'm like, this is an NRL hunter match or? No, this is the the gap grind. So it's like a PRS style. Okay. Gotcha. So. Um, two questions. Did you ever grow up like shooting clay pigeons and yeah. birds and stuff? Yep. Okay. So that's uh, the same thing. Like when I was in trap shooting. Yep. I did a lot of trap. Yeah. So like my dad, the way he taught me like how to shoot birds is he, he just do it the way he shot deer. Cause we, we grew up shooting, you know, doing, um, pushes, yep. you know, deer pushes and deer drives and stuff. And he would just, he, he would see where the deer's running, kind of gauge the speed, set up. Set up shop in front of it, and then he'd just wait, and it kind of look over here, look over there, and like, okay, right now, and he fucking that's how he did it. He's really good at that. Dang, and he that's how he shot like geese and pheasants and everything else. He'd watch them fly, and then he just kind of like, get there and set, and then wait, look, look, doom. Oh, yep, got it. Cool. It's pretty. That's good. how he did it. So that's <laughs> kind of how I learned, but I was never like super consistent with it. And I went trap shooting, and my coach was like. Why aren't you moving your gun? <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for it to get to where I want to be to shoot it. He's like, no. He's like, that's not how you do it. Like, f- fucking start down here. You see the bird. You f- bring your gun up to it. You follow, 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 squeeze, boom, keep following. Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge. It's like you want your follow through even after the shot. Even after the bird breaks, you should, yep. you're still moving. It's at, that discipline. Because yep. if you try to stop it. You're just going to start, you're going to stop your gun before you're even pulling the trigger. Yep. And then I, I went from like doing it that way. I went from shooting like, you know, around, we'll say 15 to 18 birds per round, which is 25 yep. um, birds around. Right. So I went from shooting like about 15 to 18 to shooting like fucking 23, 20 to 25 on average. I'm like, fuck. This I was is nice. I was the same way. Cause when I first so much started, nicer. yeah, you're like, wow. And then you start getting the confidence back. Cause I remember like position one and five. Some of those birds oh, yeah. just come screaming out Ooh. there, and it's like, holy shit. What does that happen? No way you're going to point and shoot those. <laughs> no. So I I started getting really fast. What, where, what I'm doing is shooting them like when they're on their downfall, which is fucking way harder. <laughs> it is, and I never had the choke for that. You know, I'd be really, oh, right. like, improve, well, improved cylinder kind of sucked for that. But, you know, yeah. running the modified was okay mm-hmm. for getting them out there, but... I started learning. I would just get them as soon as they left the house. You know? Yeah. That's I did, the best time to do it, dude. I did pop the house the, the top a couple of times, and they're like, you shoot that son of a bitch again, you're picking up all the shells out here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. Okay. It's concrete. It's not hurting it. But, yeah, you know, but still. I don't you'd like see it. a little skip of dust, and <laughs> I'm like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I realized that the if you shoot your if you shoot the birds, the when I say birds, I mean the clays, if you're talking trap shooting and stuff, if you shoot them on their rise, mm. you're going to be way more effective. Yeah. If you wait until they, you, ideally you want to, you know, catch them right when they're like at their, at their climax or at their peak. Yep. And right before they fall back down. Cause that's when they're at their, they're at their slowest, so they're mm. kind of almost stalling for a second there. And then they start dropping. But if you shoot them anywhere between like launch to climax, like you're going to be way more effective when, and um, that's how I found that's the only stuff. way because 
there'd be the ones that'd come out and they're like straight on for you. Sometimes those were the hardest for me because mm-hmm. the barrel would cover the rise. Well, didn't, what were you using? Just like a fucking regular old hunting shotgun? 1187. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heavy as shit. And yep. it's, you know, it was just a good all around gun, you know, yeah. but not great for shooting trap a lot. Right. And I shot, you know, I shot trap a lot and I was just using my Mossberg 500 yeah. as a standard fucking hunting shotgun. Yep. And that, that happened all the time on the straight, the straightaway shots. Mm-hmm. I would have to cover the, I'd have to cover the bird, yep. but you know, um, you know, a lot of the guys were shooting fucking trap grade shotguns and then you're, then you're good. You can see the bird the whole time. Yeah. But, uh, I didn't, my dad didn't want to spend the money on a trap grade shotgun. I asked him a couple of times. Like, no, so you're shooting just fine. With that Mossberg. I'm like, yeah, right. Just shoot better. Fine. <laughs> yeah, fine. But man, that fucking, that helped. I, I love trap shooting. That's so much fun. I'm rusty. I haven't shot it for so long. But I guess what I was getting at is um, when you're shooting movers with a rifle, so you guys, that's how they train you too when you're shooting movers with a rifle is to fucking follow, the through. follow through. Yep. Just like trap shooting kind of thing. Yep. Just different, obviously. You're shooting a single projectile rather than mm-hmm. the spread. But So you, chances are a little bit less. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it less. <laughs> yep. Yeah, on the clays, if, if even like a little chunk tipped off and it changed direction, I'm like, I hit that. Yep. I hit that son of a bitch. You're right. <laughs> counts. Yep. <laughs> but, if any piece of it falls off, then it counts. Yep. Oh, I've had some times where you're shooting steel, and it's like, I, I saw it swing. I, there's yep. no poof, but it moved, and they're like, it, it's wiggling. It's, okay. an, it's an impact. Okay. Yeah. I guess move on. Well, let's give it to the guy that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not going to win anyways, so yeah, let's let him have it. Yeah, let's just kind of, <laughs> we'll keep him out of the very bottom. Just let him have it. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> So, uh, do you generally dial for wind? Not really. Okay. It, you know, it really depends. If the wind's like the same all day and you're shooting the same direction all day, I'll dial. But that's not that often. You know, a lot of the ranges, you're changing position, you're shooting across the range. And so, if you dial yeah. and you forget, you're going to kind of hose yourself. That's what I've... I, so, I've never done it. But I've always been told that, so I just never did. You know, I've been told by people that were much more experienced than me, they're like, if you dial for wind, you better fucking remember to dial that shit back to zero every time, because yep. if you don't get in that muscle memory and just have it, if you dial for wind, then you, like, right after you get done shooting, and you clear your weapon, mm. but that dial goes back to zero, because you're going to forget. Yep. And then yep. you're going to be fucked. I got you. You're going to be like, why am, I, why am I missing? Why mm-hmm. am I missing? Like, oh, shit. I forgot I dialed for a, you know, a fucking full value wind yeah where now it's at a half value it's like and that can be huge i mean that's huge do a full value wind at you know 800 yards you might be a mill you dial a mill and then you change direction your half or quarter value you've missed so far you don't even know where it went because it's in the tall grass yep you're three feet off and there's no dirt to show it if you miss you're like right fuck yeah okay (laughs) and a lot of those matches you don't have a spotter right you're you're You're, you're on your own yeah Yeah, so You're calling your own shots. Yep. You're not going to see that. That's why the guys do the giant heavy ass rifles so you could see your own shots. Because right. you're on your own. You know, if you don't, you know, I don't know how many times of, you know, like a real unstable position, just a little bit of recoil just takes you up. You know, might be half an inch on the recoil, but it's enough to cover the target or the miss. And it's like fuck. Damn it, where the fuck did that go? Yeah, you come back Kinda down, different. you're like plate's not swinging. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I had a buddy. I have a. Oh, I should say had. He's still my buddy. <laughs> I have a buddy. Uh, Joe Merchant, he was on Hunt Wars as well, and he, when he went, he missed the fuck out of this mule deer. He's on the Utah mule deer. Mm-hmm. He was like, missed the fuck out of this deer. I think he shot like, I think he reloaded like twice. 
and he shot all of his rounds. He's like, I just can't hit this fucking deer for the life of me. <laughs> and his spotter's like, I don't know where you're hitting, dude. Because he's so far off. He's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And he's a good shot, you know? And it was not a fucking far shot. I think it was a couple hundred yards. But then he went back and he ended up, he he forgot. Sure shit, he for, dialed and forgot. And That's... he was just off in the middle of fucking nowhere. I think yep. he for, I, I can't remember if he um, dialed for his elevation as well as wind. And he's just way the fuck off. He just couldn't figure out. And he went back to zero. Shot the range out there. And he's like, yep, now I'm dialed again. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. But then he went out and shot a, a big mule deer. Nice. So he was shooting a, pretty, a fairly, I guess I'd say a fairly small mule deer at first. And he missed the fuck out of his like, And I told him, like, because then he ended up winning too. So Happened for a reason. If he, if, yeah, if he, if he would have killed that first mule deer, then he would have lost. But then he, since he missed so many times and got pissed at himself and went back and, you know, re-zeroed and got ready to go. And he went back out. And shot a fucking Mondo and mm-hmm. then won the show. So it's like, thank God you, for, you fucking <laughs> you weren't on your P's and Q's and forgot, yeah. you know, because you know, smoked that dink and lost. But. I see it quite a bit. Like, you know, a lot of these scopes that guys are getting now, I mean, there's so much elevation to them. You can run two, three revs on the on the vertical. Yep. And I think the match directors kind of put it in there as to really see. You'll be, you know, stage two could be 800. 1200 yard target 600 something like that which most definitely a lot of guys were probably almost a rev around at that point mm-hmm. and the next one's 200 and the guys look they're like oh i got 0.3 dialed in right now and really it's you know it's probably 11 or you know it's probably 10.3 oh yeah because so they're when a full you, when you get a full rev yep. it goes back to zero yeah so on your dial say zero right so you just gotta remember like i want a full rev yeah that's why as soon as I'm done that stage, I turn that bitch down. At least past the 10, so you know you're like in the 5 mil or something like that, to where you're visually like, that's not right. Oh, right. I've done it too. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've had 10.3, 10.5 on. The next one's like a 300-yarder. You're like, oh, take her back two tenths, and uh, here we go. Shooting. And you're like, huh, must yeah. be invisible bullets today. <laughs> yeah. Like, and pretty soon, your neighbor's like, you took your dope. You know, that's why like, oh. zero stops. Get a scope with zero stops. Run that bitch oh, yeah. back until it stops. <laughs> Dude, I will not. I will not. Will not buy a scope without a zero stop. I won't either. Most Why? of them now have it, but yeah. What's the it. point? If Yeah, because like you said, most manufacturers put zero stops in. And if you're looking at a scope that does not have a zero stop, just don't fucking buy it. There's too many other good yeah. scopes out there to buy yeah. that have zero stops. And it's not that hard to put in. It's not that expensive it's for the cheap. manufacturer to put it in. So yeah. it's like... If they're not putting it in, do not buy that scope. Nope. In my opinion. If there's one thing when it comes to scope buying, it has to. It just That's just something that they have to have. I and think that's, so, too. That's the standard. Yeah. You know, so stop. Just manufacturers stop making scopes without zero stops. I fully it agree. It does not make sense not to. You're just going to so, hose yourself. It, it will yeah. happen someday. Yep. Even with zero stops, you'll forget. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, so done, done the same thing. Mm-hmm. With uh, like loophole scopes, I don't know how they are on other ones, but... You know, the zero stop, It's so it's a black dial, and it's a pretty light gray, almost steel-colored zero stop button. Okay. So it's like, if that button's not facing me, then I'm pit, then I'm not shooting, you know, because it's, like, yeah. it's obviously not at zero. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the loophole one, because, like, the ones I've shot, they actually have, you take the cap off, and there's a brass ring you tighten down. So you find your zero, and then back it down, mm-hmm. like, three-tenths, just so you know you can go past it. And then set your zero stop. Okay, I gotcha. So you might be three tenths lower than your zero is the most you can go, but 
obviously that's not going to make any sense. So to it's you. not locking though. It's just a, it's just a stop. It doesn't lock. Yeah, it's just right? a backstop. Yeah, yeah. So the loophole ones are they're lock. It's a locking zero stop. So you what you do is you you know you get your scope and you fucking mount it on your rifle. Get that all ready to go, and you're out shooting your zero and, and you're dialing right. So mm-hmm. you have the stock um, elevation dial on it. And you're dialing, 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 you get zeroed, and then you're like, cool. Then you just take out the fucking um, Allen, Allens that are holding it on, yep. you pu- pull it off, put it to zero, and that's that's zero, right? Yep. But that also sets your 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 locking stop, so you it's a button, you actually push, and then turn. Okay. And then after you get it off, the, it, after you get it off zero, you don't have to push that button anymore, it just Okay, it so it, it'll lock on zero. But then when you crank it back, it'll just... It lock, locks zero. You know, lock at zero. So you can, and you cannot go past zero. Yeah, that's a nice so. feature. I'd probably forget and probably break it the first time trying to dial. But you won't. <laughs> you, you won't. It'll because it'll, it'll slip. It's it's a solid lock. I like guess actual like. Oh, I mean, I, I've because I've grabbed it before in the heat of the moment, and I go to crank it, and my my hand just it'll just like slip. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. Yeah. Push the button and then turn it. But the, it's also right there, and it's a pretty decent sized button. So even if you okay. do like grab it like this. Your handle will slip onto the uh, chances onto are you're it, gonna grab it. And then you'll yep. grab it. You're like, oh shit, that's right. And then you just crank it. Call it night. But one of my first, I guess, precision scopes. It wasn't the greatest. It's like a, it was the uh, Athlon Helos BTR first. I mean, it was five hundred bucks. That was great. It did good, but it had like locking friction locking turrets. So to actually dial, oh. you lift the turret, turn it, and you could yep. leave it up all the time. But the average person's like, oh, this is a nice scope, and you know they want to feel the. They want to run the reticle, see how the clicks feel and stuff like yeah. that. Yep. Well, it's locked down on teeth, and people are like, <sighs> I'm like, oh, oh, God, you know, and I I did it too. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I don't like this. <laughs> don't it's like, like, it's like grinding gears. Oh, I did, yeah. Uh, you, you know, driving a manual for the first time, you're like, if you can't grind them, find them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or if you can't find them, grind them. That's what it is. So it's like, don't do that with the precision yeah. optic. No. Like that. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that just, it steps on my soul. Yeah. That's, that is one thing, like one feature that I do love about loophole scopes specifically. Just and there is, a, I mean, loophole's getting into competition stuff a lot, you know, with their um, Mark scopes, like yep. Mark Five or Mark Sixes and stuff. But uh, I'm just a I'm a VX guy. It's a hunt, their hunting line basically. So mm-hmm. like all their, I think everything in their VX line, maybe not their VX threes because that's right, their I guess more budget, higher end budget type scopes i guess but if you're looking at vx5 hd or vx6 then you're gonna they all are just gonna have that on there where it's like that this the dial is just so it's a really the lock is just i mean it's stout you're not gonna grind anything because it's an actual fucking like lock like a pin goes into a hole yeah. and locks it right yeah and you're not gonna grind it or nothing like that so that's kind of nice. Makes it pretty. Makes it a little bit more durable, probably, and a little bit more dummy proof. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'd be like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's your buddy's rifle, and you're sitting there staring. You're like, are we going to be <sighs> friends anymore? Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to fuck this up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. one time I was at a friend's house, got a new bow. I think it, some nice new bow tech, put new sights on it, and another guy doesn't know anything about bows. Like, oh, that's like sweet. I bet I can pull it back. He's like. Just don't dry fire. Don't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, I got this. Pulls it back. Easy. 
and then he goes to let it, you know, he's just not used to compound bows. And as soon as he starts to let the draw back in, it slips out of his hands, thump, yep. dry fires, it breaks two of the sights off and two of the fibers sitting there hanging. I'm oh. like, oh. I see him explode his cams. Yeah. Fuck. I was just I... looking, I'm like, <laughs> glad that wasn't me. I, I dry fired my Bowtech once. I'm, I'm not too proud to admit it. I mean. So I had a, I have a, I, my first compound bow that I bought was a Bowtech Carbon Icon. And I was just, I don't know, I knew, I knew better, but I, I, pull, I just went to pull it back to check something quick and it just slipped. Yeah. It did the same thing. It slipped at full draw. It slipped and fucking exploded the fucking cables off the, <laughs> off and everything. Everything's just all fucked up. The string blew off the cams and stuff. I'm like, God dang it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so fucked. And season's season opened in like maybe two weeks. I'm like, son of a bitch. They ran to the shop. They they instantly know what you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm I know this is the busy time. It's right before season, but I fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I, need, I need new strings and cables and stuff at least. And I, I told them what happened. They're like, oh my gosh, like hopefully your fucking cams are okay and your limbs aren't cracked split or something. Or cracked. And, yeah, you know, I'm like, fuck. And they went they went and che- checked it all. I'm like, you got lucky. Your cams are still good and your limbs aren't are are fine. So we just need to replace the strings and cables because they're fucked. <laughs> and replaced them, but it was still like a pretty expensive mistake, you know. And then I yeah. had, and then I had brand new strings, strings and cables before season started, and that's not good because you know with archery equipment, you put brand new strings and cables on it. You want it's going to have a certain amount of string stretch, so mm-hmm. as you shoot it, your zero is going to change after yep. time because your strings are going to stretch a little bit and settle in. And it takes a little while to break them in. I don't know exactly how many arrows it takes to break them in, but you know, you could be dialed in and then you shoot, you know, 10, 15 more arrows and you're just getting lower and lower and lower and lower, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's not good. It's kind of the same way with the brand new rifle, you know, if guys buy it and like, oh yeah, put 10 rounds through it. It's good to go. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's going to speed up. Yep. It's going to change. It's going to speed up when that barrel breaks in and uh-huh. it's unpredictable. It might be 20 rounds, might be a hundred, you know? Mm-hmm. I've noticed most of mine are around 50, 50 to 100. It starts speeding up a little bit. Nothing extremely drastic, but... And then it settles in. Yeah. Yeah. For a while. And it starts slowing down after a couple thousand. Yeah. <laughs> That's then, when you start chasing like, it. Mm, no, yeah, maybe I need to look at a new barrel. Yeah. Your reloads can get really extreme. You're like, oh, do I set the jump a little farther ahead? <laughs> yeah. so set it back a little bit? You just start really chasing it. It's like, nah. <laughs> That's why I think I'm going to shoot my... 30-06 as a 30-06 for a while because this is a used gun too, yeah. so I don't know how many rounds went through it. It looks, it's super clean. I don't think you ran a whole lot of rounds through it, but uh, I'm going to run it as a 30-06 for probably a year and then I'll then I'll get it rebarreled, but I'm going to shoot the fuck out of it Yeah, and then it'll give me one more reason to rebarrel it. Yeah, now it's like a really used barrel, so yeah. now I need to rebarrel to the 35 Whalen, so. Yeah, which would be pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so stoked about that. I mean, the average hunter will probably never wear out a rifle. No. Especially, like, 30 caliber bullets. They're, they're slower, so yeah. they, you can stack the rounds on top, you know, if you're running, like, a real hot six Creed or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, my last one, I think I got 2,600 out of it. I think that was mm-hmm. probably really stretching, that yeah. one, because I was running them pretty hot. It was actually a gun. I just couldn't slow down. I just kept backing the load down, backing the load down. The speed just would not drop where I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I was hovering right around 30, 50, 3,100 feet per second. I was like, I kind of want to make this thing last. It just shoots amazing. And I f- eventually got down to where it just 
it would hold a group and then it just shot like dog shit. It just fell off and I just really? couldn't ever find a group with the lower charge. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Shoot it hot <laughs> until yep. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good saying. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it hot until it's not. <laughs> yep. And yeah. it was good until the one time I cleaned it and I'm like, next time Son I took it out, bitch. I'm like, did my scope get loose or some shit like this? I was just like, I better go out and check zero real quick, put a couple rounds on paper mm-hmm. before the next match. And the group was about the size of a softball. I'm like, hmm. Huh. Hmm. This isn't good. You fouled up some. Called a buddy. I'm like, maybe I'm just not on today. He shoots. He's like, what the fuck? Did you drop this thing? I'm like, no. It's been in the safe since. <laughs> and as we started shooting it, we started seeing it come back in and in. About 60 rounds later, it was where it was at. He's like, don't clean this anymore. <laughs> yeah, good call. Yep. Yep, got followed up some. Just leave it dirty. Yep. I say, like, honestly, how often do you clean your bullet guns? Um, you know that's a, that's a real touchy subject because a lot of people. <laughs> I since Bryce built my rifles and he's very precise with them, he cleans them pretty much every hundred full strip. Oh really? Yep. No shit. And a lot of people be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. It's worked for me. I haven't seen any downfall. Of it. He hasn't either. And I'm like, hey, you know, he's he's a gunsmith. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's been great for me, and I got other buddies that haven't cleaned their gun since the day they got it. Yeah, and they're thousands of rounds into it. I'm I'm really uh, of the mind of just not cleaning it until groups kind of open start opening up, and that's what then, a lot of my friends do. And they're like, and then I'll well, clean it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of weird because like in the army, after every time you shoot any of your guns, you go back and you deep clean that fucker. Mm-hmm. So it's like having that mindset and stuff and then going into this and like, and then just kind of hearing from other experienced shooters, that kind of thing and everything else. And the bull guns, I mean, they shoot fairly clean anyways. Yeah. They so do. it's like, you don't really need to clean, not like a gas gun, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I just got to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to clean. I'm bad, but I don't really clean any of my guns. Unless it's a mu- my muzzle loader. I clean that fucker after every time just because they're dirty as fuck. Yeah. But like any of my guns, I don't, like my AR, even I don't clean that fucker until it start until it basically like starts malfunctioning or something. Then I'll clean it. Yeah, I'm fine. I, so <laughs> it makes me feel bad. My yeah. AR, I probably have maybe 600 rounds through. I don't think I've ever cleaned it. And that the last time I shot was three years ago. So oh yeah, <laughs> I think God's got a stainless barrel. Yeah, right. I think it might yeah. be a ball of rust. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I was shooting, I've, the, shooting I've, this ammo that would yeah. go down the pipe. I that's yeah, that's why I shoot on mine too. But I also i I have pretty good components, and they're all like night like finished. They have a good finish on them and stuff, so they're pretty easy to clean, and they don't they don't really get fucked up that bad. So I just let that. that let, I honestly let it sit dirty for quite a while. If I, if I know if it's gonna be stored for a long time, if I know I'm not gonna shoot it for quite a while, then I'll clean it up. Good, like it's pretty damn clean right now because i cleaned it pretty well i haven't shot it for a whole lot i've been getting really into handgun shooting a lot mm-hmm. so with ashley being on the sheriff's department and stuff it's like we've just been focusing a lot on handgun shooting and getting good at that yeah so and i hardly ever clean my handguns <laughs> oh dude well we, we have glocks so that's the same way me. don't fuck you don't clean a glock when it stops shooting i'll just get another one yeah and it'll never it won't <laughs> stop shooting until nope. it's fucked you know it's like Unless something breaks, it's just not going to stop shooting. Like I had, I've had like one malfunction in my Glock, and that was my own neglect. Like it was, just, it, was just, it was dry. It was after it sat all winter and stuff, and I went out in the spring and shot it. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I'm like, oh, 
well, it's probably drier than fuck. So I took it apart. I'm like, yeah, it's dry. So I just rubbed some more oil on it and fucking threw it, threw it on. Fucking, it's good to go, it. dude. Yep. Good to go. So you should really take it off, take it apart, and re, at least re, reapply oil in the friction surfaces. Yeah, just every, take the slide you know, off and yeah, run some oil down. Easy, easy, easy as fuck. But Maybe Glock should build their own AR. I heard rumors about it. Like years years ago, but if you're listening, Glock, there's an idea. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but ARs are so different, though. They're just, they're they're ARs are just inherently dirty because they're gas operated. Yeah, they have piston driven ARs, mm-hmm. and those shoot a hell of a lot cleaner. But I mean, when you're using when you're directly blowing the gas back into the fucking yeah. chamber in order to make it recip- uh, reciprocate, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's going to get dirty. That's like it's going to be dirty, dude. It's a dirty, dirty girl. But. Yeah. Dove season, I took. I had my Benelli out there, which has an inertia-driven. I like oh, it. Yeah. Still, sometimes it can be picky on ammo, but uh took my 1187 out just as a spare. Who knows last time I cleaned that? And a buddy was like, I've never shot a semi-auto. I'm like, here, take this. Well, it started fucking up. I'm like, what? This thing's never let me down. I don't know when the last time I cleaned that damn thing is. I'm like... <laughs> It'd shoot one, two, sometimes it'd go through three, and I'm like, here, take the Benelli, I'll shoot this thing. It just kept yep. pissing me off. I got home, I tore it apart. I'm like, holy hell, I can't believe this thing even cycled once. <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with semi-autos, you gotta, you gotta clean them fuckers. Yeah. You just got to. I, I, I've I cleaned my fucking Mossberg, like, probably three or four times in my life, but it's a pump action. Yep. It's not gonna not shoot. Yeah. It's not gonna not. Uh, you know, eject and run another round because I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So if it's if, if it starts getting a little bit stiff, it's not if it's not smooth. If the action isn't smooth, like I went my first year turkey hunting, I shot my I shot my turkey. I'm like hell yeah, that's fucking sick. Yep. And then, um, but it was still like moving around quite a bit because it was it was a fairly long shot, honestly. But um, it was across a river. So I had to get to the turkey, so I just fucking jumped through the river, <laughs> and I just grabbed my shotgun, I threw it up on the bank, and it was all sand, mm. and it was wet sand, so I just threw it up there and jumped up on the bank and climbed up there, grabbed my shotgun, and fucking, you know, got the bird, and then I had to go back across, and I fucking, you know, it got wet and sandy, and it was running like shit, so then I, I did, I took it apart and fucking cleaned, the, cleaned it really well, but it's because it was chock full of sand yeah. so you kind of have to clean at that point just because you don't want you don't want sand in there that's not no. good for yeah. anything so <laughs> but yeah no i don't i don't ever clean my pump shotgun really just because it's it's gonna work so it's not I'm not worried about it that's what i kind of like the benelli or the franchi's like that inertia driven system it's i like it just because it's not the gas system but yeah also, if you do some reading, that sometimes you get the old famous Benelli click, which it doesn't cycle another round in because it just doesn't have the oomph in it. Yeah. But it'll still close the bolt. That's yep. never happened to me personally, but I've had some that won't fully cycle or it'll stay open. I think it's just light, crappy rounds. I was just going to say that. So, my, so Matt Moon, mm-hmm. he has a Stoger or Stager, whatever okay. you want to say it. Yep. Those uh, semi, that's semi auto. And he, he found with that, he just, you can't run light rounds through it. It yep. shoots fucking. You know, three inch, three, three and a half inch um, shells just fine. Like, perfectly fine. It's great. And it shoots slugs just great. But if you're shooting, like, two and three quarter fucking Dove rounds six shot, you know, it's yep. just not going to cycle as well. And that, it, it, granted, it's also a newer gun, so it probably wasn't super broken in at the time, mm-hmm. you know. But And to break those in, you don't want to shoot full power shells out of it yeah. f- for quite a while until it breaks in. But, yeah, he just he, he had troubles with that thing, cycling in 
um, loading, wrecking another round, but it would, you would eject, but it just wouldn't go back f- quite far enough to fucking grab that next yep. shell. So it'd just like, it's like, what the fuck? Yep. Boom. What the fuck? Yep. <laughs> you know? So that's, that's what they call this. The famous Benelli click. Yep. But yeah. Cause Stoger's made by Benelli, right? Or Franchi. I don't know. I think probably. They're all, I think they're all the probably same. Probably Benelli. I don't know. Parent company. Probably. Probably. Honestly, that's how anything is anymore. It seems yep. like it, it's like you you start up a good thing and you get going on it, and then eventually a bigger company is gonna fucking mm. buy you up. Yeah, it, that's like turning in like this kind of the American dream at this point. You know, make yeah. something make something cool, get good at least decent marketing, get it just built built up to a point where a fucking big company comes in and says, "Hey." We're going to buy you out. Like, Perfect. cool. Sign now I can retire. Yep. You know, nice. There's yeah. some people who made a career out of just doing startup companies. They get it just oh, big yeah. enough to so buy it, sell it, start another completely random ass company. Yeah, that's actually a, like a super popular way or a very effective way to get rich quick yep. is startup companies. Mm-hmm. But you have to be good at doing it because it's a, it's a pretty yeah. you know big bet on yourself to be like, I'm going to start this company and it's going to be successful and then I'm going to sell it as that having that be your game plan. Mm-hmm. You better be good at marketing to really get that out to be there. Good at marketing. Yeah. You have to be, you can, have, in today's day and age, you can have a subpar product. Yep. As long as you're marketing. Because somebody will take it, make it better. They see like, yep. you've already done the footwork of it. We got better components, but yeah, if you can market yep. it and get it out there and get somebody's attention, you're golden. Yep. yep. And you can have a really good product and not go anywhere. Yeah. If your marketing sucks. I so feel like, like there's a lot of things out there like that. Yeah, marketing is huge. Yep, and it's just like there's so yeah, there's so many companies out there. There's so many people out there that are doing great things and awesome things, and they just don't have any marketing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, this is not quite taken off the way it should because they just don't have any marketing. They either either they don't have the budget for it or they don't have the drive to. One I think a lot of it could be the drive. Some like the the mom and pop feel like my stuff is quality over quantity, and I never want to get big, so that they purposely keep it small yep yep yeah there's a lot of that you know for sure and uh well fuck that's how uh nula got started you know nula the new ultra light arms is what the company is called is this guy he basically started like he started producing like one of the first like ultra light rifles for make you know backcountry hunting and stuff like carrying it in you know miles in elk hunting whatever else and he started nula and he it just kept it really small he didn't do really do anything with marketing and stuff but it still got super popular just because it's so is is just that good yeah and then he ended up i think he ended up selling it out to some company bought him up they're making him again i don't know if it's daniel daniel defense maybe they got in the bolt action market with it. Yep. And I think they're coming. I think they're making the like, Nula rifles again, but under Daniel Defense, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that either. People, no one will correct me if I'm wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Maybe someday, maybe someday I'll start something up and sell it off, and become rich. But you get a podcast to advertise on. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have the subpar product if anyone wants it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, at least you haven't sold out, you know, like doing daily greens or something like, you know, God, it just drives me nuts. You get yeah. some like badass YouTube channel, podcast, and then within a year, they're like, well, we're going to sell this bullshit product for 30 seconds before we mm-hmm. start. I'm like, man. 
Is it we do. I do run automatic ads on this mm. podcast, but they're automatic ads, so I don't really control what yeah. gets put on there. It's just, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where you put out free content. There's going to be ads. That's that's the trade off. Yeah. Right. And I don't have a Patreon or anything like that yet. And maybe, maybe someday if the demand is there and people want, you know, ad free content and maybe some extra shit on the side and whatnot. Maybe I'll start one up eventually. But I don't have a Patreon now, so you're getting free content. So it's like. It, it's cool to make make even just a couple bucks here and there mm-hmm. what, with with what I'm doing here, you know. But free content, you're going to get ads. This is the way it is. But, yes, I I won't personally endorse something that I don't fully believe in. Yeah, you know, that's good. Like Grizzlies, the, spon- like the um, title sponsor of the show, and they're a cooler company. And they make – they make, I genuinely believe in their, their coolers. And they're, they have uh, – um, box blinds they make they, they make and i truly do believe that they're the best the best box blinds on the market they're fucking awesome yeah so i truly believe in in that product and they're made right down the road they're in decorah iowa dude yeah like that's awesome do you remember when grizzly used to do the uh the fucked up coolers would be on sale real cheap there yeah i don't think they've done that for a while because everybody so. just go there and get some badass coolers cheap as hell because the color was wrong yeah right <laughs> yeah. i know they still do it they still have fucked up coolers that are for cheap but i just don't think they've um, advertise anymore and i don't know if it's, they sell to the general public probably it's probably like to the friends and family it's like the friends and family discount coolers probably is what yeah, it is that's what i'm thinking too yeah because for a while there i mean I, I had buddies that were going there and they're like got these two big ass coolers for like 50 bucks a piece and you know it's like a yeah. hundred dollar cooler and i'm yep. like what you know, colors shit. off there's a weird crack here but i don't give a shit yeah exactly <laughs> it's better than this fucking igloo i have yeah or <laughs> coleman or whatever yeah but no, I think like I was talking to Isaac at one of the shows. And I was like, "Dude, I, need, I want to get a four hundred quart." And he's like, "Okay, well, you know, like we can talk about it next year when it comes to like, you know, renegotiating contracts and whatnot for the podcast." But um, really, he's just like, "Or you can buy one of the fucked up ones." I'm like, "Oh, really? How much offer those?" He's like, "I don't know. I have to go check." I I never I didn't really pursue it. Yeah, <laughs> I should though, because I, I do want a really four a four hundred quart cooler real bad. Why? I don't know. Mainly for elk hunting is why I say. Yeah. But okay. I haven't been elk hunting in a long time, so it's like... But that would be the reason why I'd want one is for elk hunting, because you can put fucking, like... I think you put, like, two, maybe three deboned elk in there, or you can fit, like, two, like, bone-in elk in there. Like, that's, that's crazy. Nuts. It's so big, dude. I had a friend that... Um, he bought a Yeti. I don't know the cooler size, but it was, like, the second largest one at the time. Because they have like that one that's like damn near a pallet. It's like four by four by five or some stupid thing. Yeti like that. does? I think Two? so. Yeah. I thought, because I know Grizzly 400 is like, has like a place for forks, for a forklift to pick it up with. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's so big. But and This one he bought, it was like a long rectangle one that we'd still like, could carry around. I don't, God, I wish I remember how big it was. Oh, it was probably like 128 quarters or something like that. It was fucking it was big, though. huge though. The cooler, the empty cooler weighed 109 pounds. What the fuck? Yeah. Empty cooler. Okay, that's way bigger than 120 something. Yeah, this quarter. thing was huge. And he, I think he was drinking one night. And he's like, "But it came with a free pair of Oakleys." I'm like, "What? What the fuck?" He spent fourteen hundred dollars on the cooler. And he's no like, shit. "Oh, yeah, I can use it for camping." <laughs> it shows up on FedEx freight on a pallet, and we're like, "Holy shit, his cooler's here!" And it's hanging off of both edges of the pallet. We're like, "Oh of my it is. god, this thing's fucking huge!" Damn. He shows up, and he's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "That's your cooler." He's like, "God damn, they sent that in a big ass box." I'm like. I don't think there's a lot of box there, dude. 
we opened it up. And he's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this big bastard? And we were reading the specs. It would hold like 400 some odd beers with oh, yeah. 200 pounds of ice. I'm like, you can't even move this. No. Like if you load it, it's parked unless you yep. have a forklift. <laughs> yep. That's how the, that's how the Grizzly 400 is. It's like, if you fill out with ice and beer, it's there. Yeah. It's not moving. It's better put it on trailer yeah. when you load it. <laughs> well, their, their main audience they're trying to hit with that 400 is for, for one, they just want wanted to be, they want to have like a big ass fuck, fucking cooler. Mm-hmm. Take a marketing thing too. Yeah. You know, taking a show and be like, look at our big ass cooler. You could fit a small woman in there too. Yeah. You and know? it's for sale. It's not just a, a demo yeah, toy, you demo. know. It's actually for sale. You can actually buy it. Yeah. But um, also, like, it does come in handy for guys that go out west for elk hunting and with a big party, especially like, if, you know, say you're rifle elk hunting and you have a decent sized party of guys and you can fit a lot of elk in there. Yeah. If you kill them, you know. Yeah. You fit a lot of shit in there. And also, like, huge, big events, you know, mm-hmm. for like, if you want to put a shit ton of beer in there and just park it for a big ass party. Then, Even like fishing charters yeah. would probably be all over that. Oh too. yeah, for sure. Bolts to the boat. Specs? I'm going to look up the specs on that real quick, just for funsies, but they're fucking big. But I guess that, that is the one thing where I, like I won't take partnerships with companies just to, just because like, if it ever gets to that point where, you know, fucking, I don't know. What is one? Um, what's that IP company? The fucking, you know, uh, like GoDaddy or something, yeah, <laughs> something like that, or like the that one, um, you know, or guards your IP, hides your IP. Oh yeah, like VPN, VPN, yeah. yeah. So like they kind of be like, hey, run these ads. Like, ah. It doesn't fit. Yeah. It's a gun podcast. Yeah. Like I'm not going to run VPN ads. If on it was a, gun a tech podcast. podcast, I'd probably do it. Yeah, but, it might yeah. be all right, yeah. but I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm that, that doesn't interest me. Like you know, but like if you know, oh. Well, here's another one. If Christensen Arms comes on and says, Jake, we want to sponsor your podcast. Here's, we want to give you X amount of dollars mm-hmm. to be the title sponsor of the podcast or whatever, you know, I probably won't take it because I, as of right now, and it could change. They, they could change my mind. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I don't believe in Christensen Arms. Like they're, they're rifles, in my opinion. I've seen too many of them where that they're, the finishes, the finish is shit and it's coming apart or I've actually seen the barrels coming off the bedding, like just coming off the stock. And I'm like, that's unacceptable yeah. for a $2,000 rifle. That's unacceptable in my opinion. Yeah. They look pretty, but they look great. I want it to function. They look, they look beautiful until you, the, until the finish starts falling up, falling off of it and the fucking barrel starts separating from the stock. Like that's not, yeah. that's just not acceptable in my opinion. So I wouldn't, as of right now, I wouldn't accept a partnership with, that company mm. just because of just because of that yeah. you know i don't i don't truly believe in them so until that changes i won't do it not they haven't contacted me anyways obviously but yeah. you know it's like but, but it's i don't blame those, you it's one of those things like i was i just wouldn't do that there's other ones out there you know like i wouldn't i don't know i don't want to talk shit on like a bunch of companies but you know like i don't know what's a i can't even think about it. like uh like tasco yeah, if they wanted to fucking sponsor me for Tasco scopes, I wouldn't do it because that's a Walmart scope. Yeah, like, it's just not gonna it's, happen. If I had a BB gun or airsoft yeah. company, hit me up. But. Yeah, I'm not below shooting a Tasco scope. Yeah, but yeah, it's because I'd mount it on my fucking pellet gun. Yeah, you know, that's I'm not it. gonna that's take this anywhere important. No, no. So it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that either because it's just it like, completely ruined my credibility. I feel like so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like Huntworth or another, um, like 
I guess, um, loose sponsor, partner and sponsor, maybe of the show partner or whatever you want to call them. But they're, they're awesome. I love their gear. Like they make great hunting clothes. I believe in their product. So it's like, that's just, that's just the way I am. And I know that's the way like WCB is too. Like we just, we won't accept partnerships with companies unless we truly believe in the product. Because it's just like, it's a slippery slope, man. It, yeah. Because then you start looking like a real sellout, and that's not fun. Yeah. That's not cool. No, I, I fully agree. Yeah. That sucks. Speaking of hunting clothes, do you think that it's becoming more of a fashion thing now for the prices? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, not to hit up on Sitka, but I, their, their clothes are nice. Mm-hmm. But the other day I was looking at, it was a set of, it was for duck hunters. It was like the thermal bibs that go under your waders in the matching yep. coat. $600 a piece. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. That's crazy. A piece. It's not even an outer layer. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm like, well, is it that great? <laughs> I mean, the quality feels nice. It feels great. Uh-huh. And it is. It is good gear. Like, Sitka makes really nice stuff. Like, their gear is great. Oh, like, if I could have every piece of fuck, it, I would. It's badass. But, it's really good stuff. But I've just never been in a situation hunting I've hunted in some really, really cold shit and wet, cold, wet, nasty environments. I've been in those positions, and I've just never been in a hunt in a situation where I'm hunting and being like, "Man, I would be so much better suited if I had full sick get up." Yep, it's never happened. Like, I've never yep. been that cold where I wish I had Sitka to keep yep. <laughs> to keep me warm or comfortable. You know? Yep. Because it's just like, no, it, it's a hundred percent. 100% getting to the point of, like, it's a fashion show. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. Because you, you walk around, like, Shields, prime example, holy hell. You could drop tens of thousands of dollars on hunting gear there. Just clothes. Yeah. Easily. It's insane. Easily. And that's the whole thing with Hunt Worth that I love and respect for them. Because they're making they're making good gear. What, would I say that it's it doesn't have the fan base of Sitka because... Honestly, probably because it's a f- more affordable, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but Huntworth is everywhere. Like, hunt, there's Huntworth clothing in fucking Walmart, and there's it's in Fleet Farm. It's all over the place. Like that Sitka is not, yeah, you know. But it's because people that um, you know, shop at places like Walmart and Fleet Farm, yep. they can afford that stuff. Yep, and it's not bad. I like guess like some people look at that and they poo poo on it because they're like, oh, they look at the price, they're like. This jacket cannot be, cannot even close to compare to Sitka because it's, you know, a jacket is, you know, $300 cheaper than a Sitka jacket. Yep. The Sitka quote unquote comparable, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it just can't, it, it, it's too cheap. It can't be good. Yeah. But that's 100% not false. It's just, it's a, it's an, Huntworth is an honest company mm-hmm. and they put an honest price tag on their, on their clothing because they want to be out there. They want to outfit hunters. They want to outfit a wide range of hunters because guess what? Someone that has ten grand to drop on hunt clothes, they can still afford Huntworth. Someone that has a thousand dollars to drop on hunt on hunting clothes can afford Huntworth. So like ev- everyone can afford Huntworth, which is great. And it's just like they they they're just fair in my opinion. You know, honest being about, it, they're fair about their prices. So. It's, it's, that's why I like it, but it is really high quality gear. Like I, I love their shit. Like it's super comfortable. Um, I've only had one piece that fit, um, not true to size. And that's, that's the vest. And I don't know. I'm also like a bigger guy. Like I, I have a wider chest, I suppose maybe. And it just didn't zip up 
is a little bit snug, but it yeah. wasn't like uncomfortably snug. It's just a little bit snugger than I expected is all. That's the only, the only piece that has been weird. I mean, but I do, I should also say I have ridiculously long arms for my, yeah. for my body. <laughs> Got a my wingspan. Height. I have the wingspan of a deck guy that's like six, seven and I'm only six, two. So yeah. it's like, Oh, everything I wear that's long sleeved is going to, when I stick my arms out, it's yeah, going to, it's going to ride up. Yeah. It's going to, I've have yet to buy any type of long sleeve jacket or shirt or anything that does not do that. Like they all do it. I'm so, the same way. So I'm not, that doesn't bother me, I guess, just cause I'm so used to it. But even like I, cause I do have a sick of jacket and I had to get that in the triple XL. I'm not a triple XL. It's no. really big on me body wise, but it does f- fit my arms. Yep. But it's a rain jacket and I didn't want my rain jacket riding up on me. So you know, and it was also on sale. It's like seventy percent off at Shield one day. So I'm like, I'd right, jump well, on it. Up. I bought it. Yeah. So you know, it's the only piece of Sika I have. But uh, no, I, I, I truly, I, in my personal opinion, I think Sika is overpriced. I think so too. And if you're going to spend a shit ton of money on on hunting clothes and you have the money to do it, then I think Kuyu is better than Sika quality wise. Like, yeah. When you're talking about ruggedness, mm-hmm. it's much more rugged than Sika is, and. Huntworth is super rugged, but it's also fucking priced appropriately for people like me and you. I, yeah, I mean, if you shred so. a pair of pants every two years, who cares? You could buy multiples for the price of one set of pants of like a sick. Yeah. I don't know for sure. I guess don't quote me on the price, but I'm pretty sure you can get into a full set of Huntworth at a, at around 500 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. That's fucking super affordable. Yeah. Like when you're talking about like high, high quality technical clothing that's very affordable to get a full set of Sitka you're looking at a couple thousand yeah easily the jacket alone is like like you said five six hundred bucks yep for that jacket it's like that's crazy yeah in my opinion it's it's like oh this is nice but not not for the price i'd rather buy uh i'd rather drop 500 bucks on hunting clothes from huntworth and then go buy if i want to drop my well we just talked about earlier i'd rather buy a two thousand dollar gun and spend a couple hundred bucks on clothing I can, I can fucking toughen up. Yeah. I could layer up with cheap shit underneath. I can do whatever. Yep. I can, I I don't, cotton sucks. Cotton's the worst. Yeah. But if it came to the point where I'm on a budget, say I have, say I have three grand to spend on hunting stuff and I don't have any clothes. I don't have anything. I'm buying the cheapest clothing I can buy and spending more on my shooting equipment, whether it's a bow or a gun. Yeah, you know, if you're going on a big ass elk hunt, you have thirty five hundred bucks. Do you want a five hundred dollar gun, three hundred, you know, three thousand dollar clothing, or vice versa? Yeah, could mean the difference. You're coming home with an animal or not? Right. Yeah, because I can just, cause like I said, I can just, I can toughen up and fucking deal with it. But I can't can't change make, a gun. I can't change a gun. No. Right. Yeah. So I'd rather buy, you know, I'd rather go out and buy, rather buy a fucking, I'd rather buy a, you know, fifteen hundred dollar rifle and a, you know, fifteen hundred dollar scope. Yep. And be good to go. Honestly, I'd rather buy a fucking $800 rifle in a $1,500 scope. Be adequate. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to put, I, 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 I want to put, uh, the, the appropriate class on the appropriate gun. If I have a six, five, three more, or seven fucking seven millimeter red mag or whatever, you know, hmm. or a fucking 300 one mag, you know, gun rifle manufacturers are getting to the point where, they're all very comparable. Yeah. I think that they're getting very, very competitive. Yep. So you can you can buy a fucking a really good shooting eight hundred to a thousand dollar rifle 
Like well, they, they're especially for hunting. You yeah. know, like, like PRS, no. Yeah, no. But but, but for hunting, hunting all day oh, long, yeah, for sure, all day long, for sure. I'm not going to take a shot at fucking 800 yards with the with it anyways. No. I'll just I'll hunt better. I'll get, get I'll just get closer. Get closer. Yeah. Maybe be more choosy on your your shot. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather do that. You know. So yeah, but I one thing I won't I won't skimp on is glass. I want I like good glass. I'm a fucking bit of a glass on. That's why and I'm just you know I I like loop a lot, but I mean Athlon they're fucking great too. Mm-hmm. I've I haven't personally shot with Athlon yet, but I've looked through like, your stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good. And Vortex. I, sometimes I talk shit on Vortex, but I do like Vortex. Like they're good stuff. I, I do have, too. I have a couple of their scopes, and um, you know I've shot you know their, their red dots and stuff. And I think Vortex makes good stuff. Like they are they they the thing that's cool about Vortex is they have budget scopes and high end scopes and everything in between. Yeah. You know, loophole deer looking at it's just they're good quality scopes but they're they're not in that cheaper realm the no. vx even the vx freedom line you're looking at 300 bucks and it's a real basic scope like very the, basic the features are kind of they don't exist no no you're definitely not getting the the yep. feature rich scope that you're getting with like a vx5 hd or something like that or yep. you know anything like that but with vortex you, you can get if you're t- talking like, comparing apples to apples, you're comparing the VX Freedom to like a uh, Crossfire, yeah, or even the Strike Eagle. That's oh, it's like five hundred bucks now. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good scope for it's a good scope. It's a good scope, but like the Crossfire, I think that's isn't that their, that's their most budget, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yep. And I, I was looking at, it, I think they're like one hundred and fifty bucks for like their three to nine by forty. Yeah, I've and never shot can... the Crossfire, but um, I. Have but I haven't shot a crossfire scope. It was a crossfire red dot, and that was fine. I mean, but a red dot's a red dot, honestly. Yeah, you know, it's probably not going to be as rugged as like a EOTech, you yeah. know, or a fucking um, whatever. I guess but if it's, it was it's a total piece of shit, you just call Vortech, be like, hey, this thing is not shooting. I really just a budget <laughs> scope, but it's not shooting what it should. They'll probably switch it out. Like maybe it actually is a manufacturer defect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, Vortex, they do put their money where their mouth is. That that mm-hmm. warranty is insane. Because, like, Loophold, like, they're very high-quality stuff, but they don't warranty their um, battery-powered shit like Vortex does. Yeah, which is disappointing. It is. I I get it. It's electronics. You can't con- really control. Mm-hmm. As a manufacturer, you can't control when they're going to poo-poo out and fucking do their thing. Because it's electronics. Yep. But Vortex does. Yeah. So, it's like... It's kind of hard not to look at Vortex and when it comes to anything with batteries, anything with electronics, it's hard not to look at Vortex because, yeah. you know, well, you're showing me their, your uh, range-finding binos. Your yeah, Vortex the, ones. the Furies. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, yeah, they're badass. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And for some reason, if, you know, they die or drop them and smash them, it's like, well, send them in and get another one. Yep, yep. And, oh, yeah, if it just stops working, like electronics, you can't control what ele- electronics do. If the circuit board in there yeah. goes out for any reason, then you send it and you get a new pair. Yep. With loophole, I don't know that they do that. I don't know for sure that they don't, but I don't know for sure that they do. And I don't know how long that warranty is. If it's like a three-year warranty, five-year warranty. Yeah, it might not, be a little I, more strict. Yeah, I just don't think it's a lifetime warranty, like... Vortex is like yeah. it's a lifetime unconditional warranty. And if you sell me those Furies mm-hmm. and I fuck them up, 
it should transfer. Yeah. Still, it's going to transfer. Like it yeah. does. Like they, I I know that for a fact. Like anything that's vortex, whether it's uh, you know the first owner or the tenth owner, that they, they're going to honor it. Yep. You know, and stand behind it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, you're basically buying a lifetime product. You you buy a scope or binos or whatever, you have that for life, unless yep. you completely just lose it. And right. I, yeah, they probably won't warranty loss. No. Depends. I've heard some guys have lost like their whole rifle. That might be different. Maybe yeah. maybe you could work that out. Yeah, I, I've had. I've heard that Vortex has done them a solid and sent them another one. But what happens if I call them, you know, and be like, "Hey, I lost my fucking yeah my uh, Viper PST." Maybe maybe they had a receipt or some kind of tracking. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, you know, you know right? they had a. I don't know. But... They're like, oh, how do we pr-? like? Okay, I'm like, yeah. I just, you know, it fell off the boat. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, well, do you have a receipt? Like, no, I bought it from Landon. Yeah. I mean, you that'd know? really test out the warranty. <laughs> you know, it's like, then I'm just getting free shit from Vortex. Like, yeah. I can't believe they would honor that. You'd think they, you'd have to send something in, right? Unless it, you had, like, It might absolute, have been super conditional on yeah, what the deal was. Unless you had, like, super undeniable proof and, like, ten witnesses. And maybe stolen with police report, you know, to where yeah, it's like, I right. get, you know. Something like that. Because then I could just call him and be like, bro, I lost it. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you got to honor it. Right? I had the new <laughs> Razer HD yesterday. And a- mm-hmm. that's, that's another thing, too. Like, I, you know, you could feel good about buying a like a, a, a Vortex rangefinder off of Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Because if it fucking shits the bed on you, then you just you, you send it in and it'll get fixed or replaced. So, yep. yeah, that's pretty nice. It's like Leatherman, you know, the multi-tool. Mm-hmm. They had, was it lifetime replacement or like 100-year warranty? It was a ridiculous warranty. It was great. You know, if you broke a tool off of it, mail it to them, they'll send you pretty sure like a new one or like a newly reconditioned one. Oh, really? It never really wasn't years because the turnaround was so quick. I'm sure they repaired it and put them back in, you know. But they it was like, like new, still tight, no wear on it. But, you know, we used them at work quite a bit. Just, just a handy little tool. It's got wire strippers, scissors, pliers. For like quick jobs, but you end up breaking them when you're using it because you use it like a jackass. You know, sometimes right. a knife is a pry bar. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's like well, I mail it in. You're fucking wind turbine tech, dude. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and a lot of people are like, oh, they're like 120 bucks. I'm like, but you're, you're buying the warranty on it. Yeah, and it was ridiculous because for a while there, I had three of them, and what I was doing, I was going on eBay, and like, there's people that didn't know the warranty existed, and they're like, well, the knife is broke and this is bent. It would sell for 30 bucks. I'd buy it and I'd ship it right to them, get a brand new one. Yep. They put a stop to that. What? Oh, yeah, uh, their warranty is much different. Yes. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's no. much different. And now, if you look on eBay, the, the broken shit's still like a hundred bucks. So. Yeah, yeah, they caught up oh, pretty Le- quick. Leatherman as a company still honors it, though. Yeah, they'll still honor. Warranty- oh, but the the people have gotten smarter. The people have gotten okay. smarter. And yeah, <laughs> and Leatherman did change their warranty. I think it's like seventy five years now or something. Oh but, shit! But yeah, everybody I knew had like two or three Leathermans because when you broke one, you just tossed it in the mail. Like yeah. every quarter, one guy would be like, Hey, who's got broken Leathermans? We'd all send them in together. There'd be a box of 20. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. They'd be back in a week. That's awesome. <laughs> I look, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for warranties. I do. You know, honestly, if you have a really solid, good warranty on a product, it's hard for me not to look at you. Yeah. For one to me, if you're willing to give that warranty, you believe in your product. Right. You know, because you're not yep. going to lose your ass on warranty work if it's shit. The company wouldn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. But, all right. Well, I think 
we're at almost two hours. I have to pee really Shit. fucking bad, dude. So <laughs> I know you got to work tomorrow, and I did too. Yeah. So. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on again, Landon. It's been it's been fun. It's always fun getting you in here and picking your brain on um, shooting stuff. And I love coming out and hanging yeah. out. Yeah, it's good. It's a fun podcast. You need to work less so you can come out more. I should. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell my boss that. Right. <laughs> I don't think you listen to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I really do appreciate it, man. No, so, I appreciate the offer on. to have me on. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Catch you in the next one. Peace. <laughs>